Blog Talk Radio. Whoa. 
www.jesusinthemorningradio.com Hallelujah, hallelujah, Elevation Church, and the man over there, Mr. Chris, and the name of that one is Mercy this morning, hallelujah. We're grateful unto Almighty God for another Thursday morning. Ah, yeah, we headed right into the weekend, and so we're thankful and grateful unto him. He's Almighty God, Jehovah that have all power. There is no higher power today. And I am so happy to be back. I missed it. I missed it. And I missed everyone. But uh, I had death in the family. And then I had three different appointments back to back, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So I got everything done. All went well. All went well. And so I'm grateful unto the Lord. Uh, that his will is being done and not mine. Because if my will was being done, it would be all jacked up, messed up. Yeah, it wouldn't be right. But I thank God I've learned how to allow him to lead and guide. Yeah, because where he's taking me to is going to be a good place. He's never taken me to anything bad or any bad place. And all my trials, they just simply come to make me stronger. So the things that I go through, yeah, it's so that I can lean and depend on him more and so that I know more that he's on my side in spite of me. Yeah, he looks beyond fault and yet meet need. Yeah, again this morning he tells us, come, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will wash them as white as snow. Cast your cares upon me while I care it for you. Look at this, look at this. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Some days I think on this that I just want to take off running. Look, you're more than a conqueror. More than. Yeah, through Christ Jesus that loves us. All of that is exciting news if we apply it. If we remember what his word says. If we'll stay in him and build with him come unto me come look oh what a wonderful god come unto me all that are burdened and heavy laden i will give you rest take your yoke upon me learn me my yoke is easy and my burden is light <laughs> the lord is my shepherd i shall not want what are you wanting for today because if we delight ourselves in him, he will give us the desires of our heart. What's your heart's desire? I pray for this daily, that my heart desire will be to obey him. Heart's desire, to obey God daily. 
and to apply his word to my everyday life. Yes. To apply his word to my everyday life. Yes. It, it just makes me happy, that's all. <laughs> it don't make me better than anybody else. And it, and it does not say I don't have problems and I don't have adult children problems. I don't have family problems. It don't say that, but he said all things will work together for my good because he know I love him. And not only did he call me, but he chose me. Yeah, that, that's not bragging now. That's what I know. Because if you seek God, you're going to find your answers. He got, he, he, he's got answers to every question that you could ever ask. This is how I come to him, and this is how, you know, I found him. He knew where I was. I just wasn't sure where he was, or even that there was a God. But when I, I, I made my statement to him, you know, I, I don't know that you're real, God. I, I don't know that you're real, but I want to believe that you're real. I heard that you was real. But I don't know. I was honest. I said, but God, if you're real, I want to be just as real in you as you are real. Here he comes. <laughs> it come in a way I had no clue it would come. And when I said these things to him, I wasn't at a church. I wasn't at a church altar. I was in my bedroom window looking out the window up into the sky. <laughs> I didn't even know how, how, that I would consider that praying, but that's what I was doing. And the next thing I know, I, I I really can't tell you how the stages went, but the next thing I know, I was on my knees and I was talking to him. And I was telling him that, I, you know, I believe it was him and that I wanted to die so that he could live in me because now I'm understanding both spirits couldn't rule. You know, I cooked my flesh couldn't be in charge if the spirit of God was living in me it was going to be in charge. And if the spirit of God that was living in me now, because I received him, if it was going to lead in God, then I had to give my flesh up. And I soon found out there was no good thing in my flesh. All was in my flesh would bring is trouble for me. But the things of the spirit of God, it would lead me to studying his word, reading his word, meditating on his word. He would give me formulas is what I called him. He would give me a list of scriptures. Uh, let's say no more than five, no more than four sometimes. He would give me a list of scriptures. And if I look at those scriptures, it was like a formula. And as I applied that to my daily life, it made my life better, made my days better, that I would have stayed, that I shouldn't be in, but I didn't know. But because of the formula, I was blessed to know, get out of here. That's not the job for you. That's not the place for you. And then I began later on to separate myself from people, stuff, and things that was not of him. Because, see, I, I wanted to uh, be honest with him and not lie to him. And my flesh say one thing. And, well, well, my mouth say one thing and my heart say another. I wanted my mouth and my heart to line up together. They both say the same thing. This way he knew I was not a liar. Oh, I feel all right right there. Amen goes right there this morning. So as I continue on, then I find out all this 
these other things that I never knew about, the calling, the, the being chosen, the the walk with him, uh, what I got to do to stay with him, and where I'm supposed to keep my mind, keep it on him. He keeps me in perfect peace. It, it's many things, uh, lessons I learned. I went through great trials to get here. Yeah. And still have trials today. And I brought all of this stuff up because it was him that saved me. I couldn't save myself. It was him that filled me, baptized me in the Holy Spirit. It was him, not me. So look what happened. Monday appointment, Tuesday appointment, Wednesday appointment, great reports, good reports, all three. Foot doctor or surgeon, uh, knee scan. And I didn't know, Brother Louis, over at the knee scan, I didn't even know I was going to have a doctor there to do it. I thought, you know, the, the, the technician just zoot you in the machine and zoot you out when your time is up. But there was a doctor there. And he stuck me, Brother Louis. You know I can't take a needle. <laughs> he shot me two times and I felt I was like, oh, but the next few times, and he had to shoot me quite a few times. I said, maybe it's because I got a big knee, brother. Maybe the knee is fat or something. So he shot me some more, and I didn't feel anything. And uh, look at Louis laughing. <laughs> and they zooped me up in the machine, and they zooped me out. They zooped me in and zooped me out. He taking pictures. It was the doctor and a technician working together. And I mean, the doctor was right. He said, look, I, I need you to bear with me because I'm, I'm crying. I'm, I'm through. I'm so through with this. I'm getting off the table. I don't want no more. I'm not doing no more. He said, listen, listen, I am trying to, uh, what is it? Is it getting the joint? I don't know if he said the joint or the muscle. I can't remember because I was ready to go. He said, if you'll just bear with me a little bit longer. This knee today is going to feel better, and I will be able to send your doctor a better report, the specialist. We call him Maximilian. <laughs> Max had been trying to get me to get that done a long time, but not that particular one, the uh, MRI. I couldn't do it. Laying straight on the table with the knee. Oh, no, no, no. So look, when he got through, he said, how the knee feel? I said, matter of fact, it does feel better. He said, no pain. I said, no pain. He said, yes, that's what I was trying to get you to uh, let me do for you because once you get this, you won't be hurting. Brother Louis, they take the knee up, he said, to keep the uh, lamacane from running out the knee. I had never heard all of this. So I let him take it up and I come on home. Now, the knee sore from the sticking, but the primary care doctor, Dr. Moshe he he stuck me first months and months ago. My, my knee turned another color, discoloration, because Dr. Moshe, didn't know what he was doing, but he was trying to help me. <laughs> Dr. Moshe is 80 years old almost, if not 80, 81. But he was trying to help me. So I accepted, you know, the discoloration and everything, bless his heart and all his parts. He was trying to help me. But yesterday showed me this. If you trust God, let it go, Barbara, let it go. Trust God. He will direct the surgeon hand. He will direct the doctor's hand. He will do what needs to be done. That you will come out all right. No, I'm not going to say all right. You will come out better than. Better than, much better than you was or were. Yeah. 
because sometimes we don't know which way to go. I didn't know which doctors to go to. I had been looking for the right oral surgeon forever and a day because the old oral surgeon, something was wrong with him. And so the Lord led and guided me to the new oral surgeon. Oh, my goodness, I'm in love with him already, Brother Lewis. I love this oral surgeon already. I got a call back over there and asked specifically for his name. I was so excited. I didn't even get his name on what he told me about the operation. No operation. Lanocaine, I think that's what it was, Brother Lewis. Lanocaine. No surgery in my mouth. Ooh, because I knew I wouldn't have been able to do it, and God knew too. Yeah. But I wanted to share that this morning, a quick testimony of no need to fret, no need to worry. Trust God today. Remember Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7. Trust in the Lord with all. That word all is a big, big word. All thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. Here come the promise. And he shall direct thy path. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Some people say, well, all that vine and thee, yeah, it's talking about you and God. Yeah. If you can trust him, if you can let go. I, I had a bad habit of this. And, and I took a, because I come from a, a school that taught me perfect practice makes perfect. So in, in my walking, this is one of my favorite scriptures. I, I, I apply this scripture daily. In my walking in this scripture, I learned to let go. In many days, I told myself, so what? When it, uh, days it, it, it appeared years ago that I didn't have the money to pay electric, I said, so what? <laughs> if the electric go off, then I'm going to have a candlelight church service right in here. I'm going to do praise and worship by candlelight. I'm going to bring a message for mm-hmm, right in the, in, in, in the house with the candles burning. Yeah. Uh, if I lose a car, I, I'm going to just, just, just work on the street bus. I'm going to pass out scriptures and minister to people on the street bus, whatever way I have to get transportation. See, the enemy was defeated right there because he thought, well, if she lose electric, if she lose a car, or she gonna, if she lose a house, she's going to fall apart. Now, great is he that lives within me <laughs> than he that is in the world. I have greater in me. And anything I let go of, greater takes it up. I, I'm talking about Almighty God, Jehovah, that have all power. There is no higher power. So if he's got all power, he has the last word on all things. Yeah. All things he's got the last word. And sometimes we just, well, not sometimes, but all the time, we got to be willing to go through. Because the songwriter said it the best, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No. There's a cross for everyone, and I know there's a cross for me. He talks about pick up the cross, your cross, and follow him. My, my cross some days is family members. And I, I was saying this, well, I'm not going to deal with who don't want to deal with me in the family. That was that was me. If they don't, if this one don't deal with me, I'm not going to deal with them. I'm not running people down. I'm not. God separated me on his own. All I have to do is show up. All I have to do is 
is I sent a message, you know. I sent a message last week of some good news. I had good news for the family, the news they wanted to hear. I said, call me. Nobody called me. Then when one of my nieces find out, then everybody, you know, people, oh, hey, that's why you wanted me. Yeah, that's why I wanted you to call me. Now you want to be all chummy, chummy. So I, I talk with them. I, I pray for them. I treat them nice, and I'm gone until the next time God do something else with them. Because I'm not beholding to nothing but Jesus today. He's the, he's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only thing I got to hold on to. And see, he's the word still today. Jesus is yet the word of God. Because in the beginning, he was the word. And God made the word flesh. So when I hold on to him, I'm holding on to the word of God. Because everything is going down, disappearing, uh, vanishing, but the word, hallelujah. His word is forever. Thank you, Jesus. Isn't that good news this morning? So look, we're going to pray, and I got one quick request. I know she had to run out this morning, but I'm going to play her request uh, anyway in case you want to come back and listen to it in the archives of the podcast this morning. So let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father God, we thank you this morning for another Thursday morning. Thank you for waking us up, closing our right minds. We thank you for the use and activity of our limbs, our life, health, and strength. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us together here as a group here to give you the first fruit of our day here. Lord, many of us prayed before we got here. We have prayer partners. We're in prayer groups. But God, we thank you for this opportunity to come before you again. And to say thank you for another day. Thank you for being you. Thank you for all you've done for us. For what you're doing right now. And Father, what you're going to do. We give you glory. We give you the honor. And Father, we give you the praise. For there's none like you. We thank you for being real in our lives. We thank you for your word. Hallelujah. Father, your word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And forever, oh God, thy word is settled in heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for his suffering and all he's done for us. is conquering all and rising with all power. Thank you that he's on our side today in spite of us. Father, we have so much to be thankful unto you for. We can't thank you enough. I come this morning, and Father, I bring every caller and every listener before you. Ask today that, God, you would meet the need in these people's lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Ask this morning that you would bless them, bless their family and their friends. Lord, bless even near and far the family and friends. Move in a mighty way for these, your people. Open doors and make ways. Most of all, God, give us wisdom of your word and teach us how to daily apply your word to our lives. That, God, we'll walk upright before you. We'll do what's pleasing and acceptable unto you. You're almighty God that have all power. Father, there's no higher power. And we need you this morning. For without you, we can do nothing. We need you right now. And, Father, because of you, hallelujah, we can breathe, we can move. Or you yet woke us up again. But, Lord, we want to glorify you in this day. September the 1st, 2022. We want it to be all about you today and nothing about us. Many are going through and we ask simply, Father, that you would strengthen us in the midst of our trials. 
while trials come to make us strong. Help us to demonstrate your love to others. Help us to be the light, the candle that sit on the hill that can't be healed. This morning, we ask that you would heal those that are sick, Father. Those that are under the weather, those that have been diagnosed with different, not so good diagnosis. Lord, we ask that you would move. You took the beating for the healing of the nation. And Father, it's you that heal all manner of sickness and disease. Do it for your people this morning. In the name of Jesus. Father, bless those that are incarcerated. Remember the brethren there, strengthen them, God, that they would be a great witness unto others in the name of Jesus. Remember those that are in every branch of the military, our military, God. And Lord, remember the those that are in the upper management of the military this morning. Move by your spirit, God. Strengthen and help today. Bless their families. Bless their friends near and far in the name of Jesus. Bless widowers and bereaved families, Father, intercessory prayer people everywhere. Lord, children that don't have a mother or father or don't have a father, God, move by your spirit this morning in the name of Jesus. Strengthen today. Lord, we've seen your results and how you bring them out to be much better people. And Lord, we ask that you will continue to allow your grace and your mercy to abound in the situation with children in foster homes and adopted homes. In the name of Jesus, Father, bless our brothers and sisters overseas everywhere, especially those who have to sneak and hide to praise you, to study, to pray, to witness to others. Strengthen today, O God. Loose your protecting angels to stand watch, to shield and protect. Keep them from all hurt, harm, or danger. In the name of Jesus. And Father, remember Israel and Jerusalem. Uh, prosper Jerusalem and bless Israel this morning. Again, Lord, loose your protecting angels to stand watch. Father, to shield and protect, keep them from all hurt, harm, or danger. Lord, we ask this morning that you would remember intercessory prayer people and preachers everywhere, preaching in the name of Jesus and obedience unto you and love for your people. Move today in a special way in the name of Jesus. We thank you this morning. Bless this segment of Jesus in the morning. Have your way here today. Move by your spirit. Feed us until we want no more here. Father, bless Dr. Kevin Krause as we come in this morning. Cruz as we come in. Move by your spirit. Bless him and bless his family. Whatever he set his hands to do, God, you know what's best for him today. Move by your spirit in the name of Jesus. We thank you this morning. Oh, bless this segment. Have your way here. I'll move again today, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, anything we miss asking for this morning, Father, you know that there are intent of our hearts. We ask that you would take it up and that, God, you would do it for us in the name of Jesus. We thank you. Hallelujah. We give you glory. We give you the honor. And, Father, we give you praise. We ask it all again this morning in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. Oh, we thank him. We thank him today. For he's our God. He's on our side in spite of us. And he looks beyond fault. And yet me, our needs. Oh, yeah. That's the part I really like right there. Because I have needs that need to be met <laughs> daily. Hallelujah. And he never let me down. Thank you, Jesus. All right. We're going to this one. Jonathan McReynolds. And the name of this one is Your World. And so... um it's a request, and I'm going to play it right now. <laughs> it's your world, your 
the birds ain't chirping about it. And you've done more for me than you've done for the trees. So why would I even doubt it? If the rocks on the ground can say it, and the sky full of clouds can paint it, who am I to be here complaining? Only thinking about what I would change it. This is your world. Give up access 
to our bodies. I agree with him 100%. Because anybody know me, know I didn't do the vaccines. I didn't uh, take a test. and uh, No, no, no. I can't trust nothing. And I know it just looks simple. And some people say, well, you know, it was just like, you know, how when you get vaccinated. Well, I wasn't vaccinated. As a girl, I went to get the stuff on the sugar cube, the red, nasty stuff they used to put on the sugar cube. They gave that to me to take in a little cup. And I was walking on off. My dad was with me. And I was walking on off. And I showed it to him. And then I threw it. And he said, don't throw the paper down. Well, okay, I won't throw the cup down. But I threw that away. He said, what is this? I said, I can't take it, Daddy. I don't feel comfortable. He said, really, me either, baby. He said, but they kind of forced in our hand. And I, at least we went to get it. So you'll go down and record it's happening. But guess what? I, I won't fight against you for not taking it. Yeah. Because we we must be careful. Let me let me share this, and then we're going to bring Doctor uh, Cross right in. Listen, God made my body. I belong to Him. His Spirit lives in me. So anything go on, I need to take this to Him, and I need to open my spiritual ears so that I can hear from Him. If He said, "Barbara, don't go in Walmart," I don't care who's going in there. I'm not going. He let me know early in the game of 2020, don't go in Walmart. So guess what he did? He had already opened the door where Walmart would bring it to the door. Yeah. I could spray it down, you know, <laughs> all of it, yeah. Separate it, keep my refrigerator clean and sanitary. He, he already made a way. But a lot of times we're so hyped on what we're hyped. You're hearing all kind of stuff today. But he said, when you hear these things, don't be alarmed. Just know it's closer to his return. Anybody waiting for him to return? We're not living our everyday life grumbling and complaining. Lord, I, I'm really glad when you get back. Oh, Lord, I'm ready to go. I'm just so tired. I want to go to heaven. We're not walking around like that. That's work for us to do. And if we're learning to trust God, because some of us haven't fully learned yet. We still lean into our own understanding. But if we are learning to fully trust God, when these things come about, we just know it's closer to his return and to begin to prepare daily more. Yeah, that's all that means. We're about six minutes over, but let me bring Dr. Kevin in this morning. Good morning, Dr. Uh, Krauss. God bless you this morning. How are you? Well, I'm doing well, and uh, especially got a chance to get prayed in here and hear how God has been moving in your life and, um, you know, helping you through the difficult times. And um, it, it makes all the difference, our relationship with God. So that's what this is all about. Amen. Well, listen, Amen. at the time, I'm going to turn the mic completely over to you. Okay. Well, you know, thank you for the opportunity today, and, um, you know, I'm just trying to get this, this message out, and um, I would have probably never considered myself an author before, but I can tell you that I've been teaching Bible prophecy for over 25 years. Um, my grandfather was a uh, Pentecostal minister, and, um, you know, he told my dad that one day Israel would become a nation. And my dad, of course, he, he was very skeptical. He didn't really believe that. But when that happened, it was very impactful to my father. And it kind of got him into Bible prophecy. And, of course, of all the kids, I'm the one that kind of 
just to really kind of confronted my dad about some of the things that he told me that were going to happen. And, of course, I didn't think any of it would happen. I, I certainly didn't see why anybody would care about a little country over there called Israel. So you can certainly see where, you know, we look at that now and we can kind of laugh. But back then, uh, you know, this idea was, was crazy. And so, you know, we see this idea in the Bible, especially in Revelations, about this, the, the coming of our ultimate enemy, uh, meaning that this is the, the beast government of Revelation, this final kingdom. You know, and the Bible says about this kingdom that, you know, it's so powerful. It says, how can anyone make war against the beast? And so this, this is a, a situation that God has outlined from the beginning that's a very difficult situation. Um, but, of course, we know who wins. And why do I say that? Well, one of the reasons that God comes back is because, as it says, if he doesn't, then all of his would be basically gone by this point. So you can see that this beast government, you know, is, is something that the saints uh, don't at least at first prevail against. But this also, you know, allows God to finally get in a situation where he can't really have any more children. I mean, if he doesn't come back, then, then the ones that he does have would all be lost. And so this is why Jesus comes back, is this final government. And so the Bible gives us this ultimate warning. And so this ultimate warning is really about this government. But when this government comes, it, it not only wants to be worshipped, but it also has something called a mark. And so this is something that has puzzled me my whole life, and especially this idea about some mark being able to keep us from buying or selling. So I'm about 55 now, and so you can see here back in those days, um, you know, that would certainly have been considered, you know, almost science fiction at that point. So, you know, now over the years, of course, I've seen this come together, and it's really important for us to understand that, you know, there's a purpose, there's a meaning behind prophecy. Prophecy was not given to us uh, to predict the future. And so in John 14, 29, he says, I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. And so we can see by this passage that God is saying that Bible prophecy was given to us so that we will increase our faith. Knowing something ahead of time can make a huge difference for us. It's also given to us because he's trying to benefit, benefit us. Uh, in John 16, 6 through 7, he talks about how our hearts can really uh, get sorrowful, right? Instead of this sorrow that we're supposed to have, right? But the truth is that it's for your benefit that he was going away. And so these are the things that when God tells us things ahead of time, you know, he's trying to advocate for us. He is trying to help us. To, to be prepared for the, for the situations that happen in life. And so that's what he means when he says, you know, that everybody in this life is going to have a certain amount of trouble. And so we need to understand, though, that there's times in human history where there's a lot more trouble than normal. So the other passages that, that I like are John 14.1. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God and believe also in me. And so we can see here that God is telling us these things ahead of times 
so that we will have peace, a peace that happens or passes without understanding. So that's also tying into John 16, 33, where he says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take part, take heart because I have overcome the world. And so the, the place that we can find peace during any time, difficult times, and also good times, is in Christ. And, of course, in Christ, we are all one. There is no such thing as God having different races of children. God only has one child, right? And you start to see how this idea is that we are all one in Christ, neither Scythian nor Jew nor Greek or anything like that. So it's, it's when we remain in Christ that we will have this, this peace that really passes understanding and that that's what's going to, through the Holy Spirit, minister to our hearts. The last one is, uh, and this is 2 Timothy uh, 1.7. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And so God has this spirit. And remember, we think about the spirit. Revelations really tell us that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And this same spirit is not a spirit of fear, but it's actually of power and of love and a sound, a sound mind. So fear is really the opposite of, of really what the Holy Spirit would do. Um, so as I've taught prophecy for years, you know, there's some great books out there. I mean, I've read hundreds of them. Uh, I've been to, I don't know if it's 100 Bible prophecy conferences, but I've listened to a lot of them and thousands of hours. And I like to listen because it's, it's interesting to me. Um, but at the same time, you know, I've asked myself, well, what are some things that I can teach people that are a little, little more concrete, a little less speculation? You know, what's some core ideas that we all need to have? And, of course, for me, I'll go back to the same one that kind of started it all for my father, and that was that Jesus made a promise. And this is in Luke 21. And as you read this, this, this whole um, passage, um, Jesus' disciples are troubled. They're troubled by some of the things that Jesus said. They're troubled by what's happening. And he sat down and basically said, listen, you know, everything you see here is going to be dismantled. Every rock's going to be thrown down. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be dispersed throughout the world. Okay? And then they were asking him, so they were asking, when, is the, when are these things going to happen? And so this passage is really a tale of two generations because those disciples were the generation that saw Jerusalem completely torn down. And, of course, they were taken captive. And, and really by Masada, which is 70 AD, I mean, the, the Israelites and the Jews were really a, a memory at that point. That was kind of the end for them. But Jesus, in verse 25, goes out of his way and says that Jerusalem will be trodden down to the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles is fulfilled. Now, what that means is that he is saying, even though this generation is completely destroyed, one day, another generation of Israelites, another generation of Jews will actually be able to control Jerusalem again. Now, that was a two thousand year break but in 1967 of course israel became a nation in 1948 but they never controlled jerusalem until 1967 
And Jesus specifically now is talking about a new generation of people, a new generation of people that what? Have now seen Jerusalem been taken back by their ancestral um, Israelites and, of course, the Jews. So as we see this verse, this is the most prophetic verse in our lifetime that has absolutely happened. And it tells us where we're at on God's timeline because he doesn't say a lot after this, by the way. And so one of the things that Jesus says after verse 25 is, of course, in Luke 21, 28. And he gives us a paradigm about how we are supposed to essentially deal with the end times. And this is what it says. It says, when these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Now, what that means is two or three things. He's saying, and this is where you have to ask yourself this question. He says, when these things begin to take place, well, what things is he talking about? He's talking about prophetic things. Okay? If we don't talk about what the Bible says prophetically, if we don't talk about what the Bible says will take place one day, then how can any of this verse ever happen? How can we ever be obedient Right? If we don't ever talk about um, what's actually happening in the world, and, and it seems like the church refuses to address um, obvious things that are happening in the world. There have been times I went to church over the past few years, and I thought to myself, do these guys live on the same planet as, as the one I'm living on? You know, mm-hmm. Because this is what's happening in the world, and there's, in no way are they even willing to address the, the situation. We're, we're just there pretending at that point. And so Jesus is saying here, when you see these things happen, that we're supposed to stand up. And the second part is to lift up our heads because your redemption is drawing near. And this lifting up of our heads is, is two things. It's talking about the return of Christ because that's what it says there. Your redemption is getting closer, right? And so not, not a lot of people are keeping their chins up. Um, a lot of people are down, but the big thing is we need to remember that Jesus wins. That's what this is pointing to, the fact that our redemption is coming and that it's closer now than it's really ever been. And so these are these four things that I believe Jesus told us we need. We need a group of people that are, are listening to their Bibles and, and seeing if there's some warnings that we need to put out to a new generation and that we're supposed to stand up to what's happening. Standing up, that word actually means to unbend. Because, because we know in one of the other passages it says that men's hearts are failing them for fear. So what's bending this population over is fear. And, of course, we've been under this agenda of fear now for really the last three years. And so while everybody is bending and capitulating and going along with this narrative of fear, we are supposed to stand up. Now, stand up doesn't mean sitting down. Stand up doesn't mean, you know, lying down. And, of course, I'm preaching to myself at this point because it took me a long time to, to decide to write the book. Um, I've worked with all pro pastors now for quite a few years, and so – as soon as this happened, I was starting writing articles for them to try and help people to see 
you know, the fallacy of some of this deception that's, that's being perpetrated against us. And uh, it wasn't really until I put a lot of those together that I realized nobody's really talking about what I'm trying to say here. And so then I took those articles and I whipped them into the book, which turned into the COVID beast. And you can see the, the general gist of, of where I go there is exactly what you said, Barbara, that, you know, we can't have a situation where a government has mandatory access to our body, and you'll, you'll see why that happens. So once you understand that God has called us, right, to, to not bend to fear, we have to ask ourselves, what is this enemy? What is, what is it that causes, you know, um, Jesus to come back? And that we need to stand with Christ against this beast government. So probably the, the most prolific verse with respect to the end times um, really happens in Revelations 13, uh, 16, uh, verses, eight, uh, verses 18. And uh, so if I look at that verse, you know, here, here's what comes out. And we're going to break every one of these words down, by the way. It says he. Now, when we're talking about he, we're talking about the beast. We're talking about Satan. We could be talking about the Antichrist, right? So we're talking about our enemy here. And this he brings a cause into the world. He causes something. This is not God causing something. This is our enemy executing a plan against us. We're going to talk about this word cause. But he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the numbers of his name. Okay? And then, of course, the 18th verse talks about how, what is this number of his name? It's 666. And, of course, that's something that most people are very well aware of. So when we look at this idea of a cause, this is what actually happens. Now, we're going to blow each one of these words up. So when we think about a cause, we're talking about Satan. This cause, okay, Satan causes, means he executes a plan. He exposes a weakness. He forms a conspiracy. He produces chaos. He performs an Oscar-winning performance that affects everyone. Okay, now who is everyone? The small, the great, the rich, the old, the poor, the free, the young, the slave, right? So that they receive a mark. Now what does this word mark mean? It means a stamp, an etching, something like a sculpture made in a new image, something that is sealed, imprinted with a signet, branded with a die, or an engraving that provides undeniable identification. Okay, and again, this mark is a symbol that shows an irrefutable connection or relationship between the two parties, an, un an identification marker, an owner's unique brand or mark. So I really blew that up because those are all the possibilities for taking that, those Greek words for cause, okay, and then actually mark, and giving you every possibility for what we could think this could really be. And you're going to see how that, that this really comes into play with respect to what's happening with this vaccine. So when we think about this cause and effects, we also need to realize that every word, okay, for example, the word for mark has a root word. And this root word is the G5480, and it hints that the process will be carried out by something that is sharp. 
And of course, this also has something to do with the mark and how it's going to be administered. The mark is literal, okay, and this is where we get into some of these dynamics. But the first thing we need to realize about the mark is people go this. So here's where I'm at with this. Did a cause come in the world, okay, that affected everybody, man, woman, child, old, rich, slave, poor, free? Absolutely. Number two, did the natural result of this cause or the effect of this cause require our government to need access to our body? Absolutely. So that's number two. Number three, did governments around the world, okay, because we didn't do what they wanted us to do, did they take away our jobs? Did they keep us from being able to buy and sell? Okay? Did some people literally not be able to buy food? Well, all three of those things have clearly happened. And so you start as we move forward here, here well, where's the mark in our right hand and where is the mark in our forehead? And this is where we need a little more expertise here. So once we understand that this mark was going to be carried out by something that was sharp, okay, we need to understand about what's in our hands and what does our right hand mean. The first thing is we need to realize that the right hand is not necessarily literal. The right hand, two other places, are, it's translated, uh, of course, the same word is when Jesus' disciples wanted to sit on his right hand. So the right hand is not something they literally want to sit on. Hey, Jesus, take out your right hand so I can sit on it, right? He's talking about a place, okay, of, of, of power, right, a place of, of um, a place we put things in people's lives, a place of honor. And so this is like if you think about your right hand, the most common thing we would do is what? We take our right hand and we pledge our allegiance. We put our right hand on the Bible because we're saying that this is a higher power. In Isaiah, God talks about how he wants to hold our right hand. And that means that only God is able, able to have this special place in our life where he holds our right hand. He's the one we trust. He's the one we give our allegiance to. So this right hand idea okay, is not something that is necessarily literal. Now, as you're going to see, these vaccines actually contained patentable, okay, which means they're there's a unique identifying brand. There's a unique sequences of code that are very specific that provides an undeniable identification, an irrefutable connection between the inventor of these codes, okay, and that are being put into your body. So each one of these vaccines have their own unique patented genetic formulas to put codes in our body. And these codes, we do actually call them genetic markers. So you can see here that these do qualify, looking at from that perspective as an actual mark. So then the question really then becomes is, this right hand is an allegiance thing, but there were patentable markers put in our body. Now, most vaccines tend to stay relatively close to where they were injected, but because of the lipid nanoparticles in these vaccines, the lipid nanoparticles help them to penetrate and go into areas of the body that normally vaccines wouldn't go because all cells have a membrane that is basically it's a fatty membrane. It's a lipid membrane. And so lipids help them go through lipids and are able to transmit, transmit this, this ingredient inside your cells and penetrate more tissues. So this is what will come out as we see. But the reality here is that these markers are throughout your body, which means they would be in your both hands. But the right hand is the idea simply that you're giving your allegiance. 
And so did people around the world trust God? No, they didn't. They trusted their government. They trusted their doctors. They trusted their, you know, companies to produce a vaccine that was somehow going to be better than what God produces. Now, this is where you know there's some shenanigans being played, because if you haven't figured this out, the only reason that humanity is here is not because of people inventing vaccines. It is because God made your body, because that body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, and God made you an overcomer. And it is natural immunity is the standard, even in modern times. Nothing competes with natural immunity when it comes to dealing with pandemics or any kind of con- congested, I'm sorry, not congested, but basically an infectious processes, and that includes pandemics. So that's what I'm telling you is that you, you're a healthy person, that you need to trust that what God did when he made your body is that it would overcome these things. Now, that doesn't mean people did not die. That doesn't mean that COVID isn't real. And we'll talk about some of those things as we go along. But the point here is that the natural immunity is God's ultimate standing, standing for basically defeating any pandemic that comes its way. And so this, as you start to see, becomes a plot. And why in the world, all at once, the whole world would give up on natural immunity? It it doesn't make any sense. And so we need to realize that this is part of us not trusting God. Now, there's, there's another part here, and you'll start to see why this is kind of a battle for our minds. Here's what I mean. So most of the church, if we look at this idea of the forehead, the problem is is that that is not a very good translation of what that word is. Now, this is the Greek word 3359 if you're looking it up in your concordance. And the forehead actually means after, okay, the eyes. Now, if you ask yourself, what is after or behind my eyes? It's the frontal lobe of your brain. Now, you're starting to make some sense here because when something is behind your eyes, right, I've never understood why is something so important in our forehead that it causes us to keep us from being able to be saved, right? So once you understand that it's our minds, the reason Satan needs access to our bodies is because it leads to something in our minds. And so if you think about this, you'll see a convergence of this idea that Satan wants our minds, okay, with all occultism around the world. And why, why do I say that? Because when we think about occultically, right, you're thinking about all the false religions and Satanism and so on and so forth, they're talking about something that also is in your forehead. And most people have seen this. We have seen a little third eye, a little third eye that's right between our eyes. And that represents the opening of our minds to the spiritual world. The problem is, as they open your mind to the spiritual world, they are trying to what? They're also trying to be able to see you. In other words, just because you can see out okay, to this world, it also means that that world can now see you. And while some people take some nice little trips, okay, on the drugs, the, the chanting, the paraphernalia that they use, the out-of-body viewing, the, uh, you know, astral projection and all these kinds of things, ultimately all of those places lead to a dark place because ultimately they can now see you. 
and that control for our minds, that battle for our minds, can ultimately lead to demonic possession. And that's why, that's the goal of all occultism, is to open up your third eye so that, like Balaam's donkey, you can kind of start to see things that, that normal people can't see. The problem is, is that we don't have that, that hedge of protection around our mind, that shield, or if he's talking about a veil, becomes very thin, and then we can see things, again, uh, that we're not supposed to see, and they can interact with us. So this is what the goal of all occultism is actually to open up your mind. So these vaccines are the only ones that we've ever had that have crossed the blood-brain barrier. Now, everybody knows that they carry patentable genetic markers, okay? And that means that these patented genetic markers with a unique identifier brand specific to this, this creator of this vaccine were put inside your brain, okay, including everywhere in there. And so you start to see here that means that patentable genetic markers were placed in the foreheads of everyone who took these vaccines. Now, before we get going any farther, we need to kind of stop. Because even though we're, we're going to continue to show you that this um, fits what our Bible tells us about the mark of the beast and the coming of the beast, I still don't believe that this is a beast, and you're going to see that. But I'm going to talk about it at the end, but I felt like we need to talk about it now. First of all, if you read Revelations 13, you're going to see that there are some sequences missing, right, uh, to some of the end-time events. Uh, but you do need to temper that. What I mean that is that Revelations is not in any particular kind of order. So we need to be careful to, to say, well, this sequence is missing, therefore, you know, to throw the whole thing out. And that's number one. Number two is, is that there are missing characters in play here. Uh, for example, we see the beast government. We don't see this beast government in the world. However, the United Nations is clearly the number one candidate. In fact, it's actually broken the world down into 10 different regions, right? The other, of course, obvious thing here is we're talking about the Antichrist. The Antichrist, again, as a character, is, is still missing. Uh, the other thing that we see is the, the false prophet. Now, not bashing Catholics or Protestants, but both of them have suggested that the most logical candidate, uh, and, and maybe even for the Antichrist, of the false prophet would be the Pope. So these are, these are speculations, and so we, we need to recognize that there are some missing characters. And that's, of course, a, another whole study that we could get into. So while I do believe we're going to show you that 5.5 out of six things the Bible tells us about the mark of the beast happening, the good news is there are still some missing things. But I still don't address necessarily, you know, some of the missing sequences and some of the missing characters. But the good news here is this. We have more time, and we have more um, chances to get the warning of not giving up this access to our body that our Bible is talking about. So it's very important for you to be a little more relaxed here, that we don't want to say that this is the mark of the beast, but if we were to show you some of the stuff, there are a 666 patent that we're going to ultimately get to, and you'll see that that's some of the main missing parts. So as we blow through this a little farther here, I want you to understand that patentable genetic markers were placed in our forehead, and you're going to see that why they needed something to cross our blood-brain barrier. Now, if you think about this battle for our minds, okay, 
with with our mind we serve the law of God, but with the but with the flesh the law of sin. So you think about if a Christian loses his Christian mind, he would then have what? He would have a lost mind and a lost body, which would make him redeemable, unredeemable. So it's very easy to understand why Satan would think our minds are so important. Now, another root word for forehead is a G word. It's a, a Greek word, 3326. And this is really telling because, remember, all you know, Greek words and a lot of Hebrew words have root words. And the root word for forehead is meta. Okay, now we use meta for the idea of a metamorphosis, right? So if you have a meta, okay, for applied to our forehead or our, our brains or our mind, this, this could literally be translated that what this does to our body is give us a metamorphosis of the mind, okay? And that means that people would change their mind. Well, how do we know that they changed their mind? Well, in Revelation 19.20, it says a couple of things. But everybody who takes the mark of the beast is deceived, right? So people talk about how we're not able to be deceived at all with respect to the mark of the beast, and that's not the case. Revelation 19.20 specifically says that basically everybody who takes this mark is deceived. But then we also have the other qualifying verse that, that if this deception is a good deception, but it's not so good that the elect would be deceived. So we have these two perimeters here of saying that there is going to be a lot of deception, and a lot of people are going to fall for this deception, but then there's also a limiting factor that the Holy Spirit, right, God has sealed us, right, to where we know that this is a deception. And you'll also see that obviously the elect would be reading these verses, looking at these verses, and that's what I'm trying to do today is show you that these verses are happening, right? You get to this point where you're like, this is unmistakable. Now, the other thing about this word meta is it also hints at something because it turns out that when they call these people, that means you could use the word they're meta-humans, right? Now, a meta-human actually is a term a normal, everyday, modern term for somebody who has modified their, their DNA. And this, this DNA means that they are what? They become a human hybrid. And, of course, the minute you use this word, all of a sudden we have to think back to something that happened in the days of Noah. And we'll go back to that at, a, at another point. But the point is, is that it hints that this is, is really where they're going. So we need to understand that there is a battle for our mind and that ultimately technology comes into play here. So when we think about why this vaccine isn't, again, we talk about sequential things missing. We talk about revelation not being in order. We talk about how one of the keys to the mark of the beast is that it changes people's mind, meaning that everybody who takes this mark worships the beast. You know, and I've always thought that's very strange because you think as many people as there are in the world, good or bad, right, nobody would worship Satan, right? No, people do worship Satan. But what I'm saying here is this. No matter how good Jesus is, not everybody will worship him. And vice versa. There are some people that no matter whether it was Satan or Jesus, they would never worship them because they only worship who? Themselves. So what is it that when these people take this, 
they, they lose their mind. They become like a hive mind. They, they become controlled, okay? And so you start to see here that the heart of worship ultimately goes back to a change of mind and heart. What changes their mind and heart to where they all worship the same thing? Now, there's a lot of explanations for why that happens as, we'll, as we get going. But we have to remember that it's difficult to in, separate the idea of worship from taking something into our body, a second forbidden fruit, if you will. So that's why I want you to understand that these patentable genetic markers are in both hands. They are in our foreheads. And so then we have to ask ourselves, why, why does this create kind of a hive mind where all of a sudden people act all the same way? Well, in modern terms, you have to think of mind control. And the problem is, is that we have so many kinds of mind control that are happening right now, it's really, really difficult to believe. Um, and so this is another study. It would be completely another study. But, of course, most people are aware that China is not only using mind control on their soldiers, but they've also begun to genetically modify uh, their, their soldiers. So, again, that ties into some of the things we've already been talking about. But let's go back to this, this idea of worship. So when we think about, you know, people worshiping the beast, people worshiping the Antichrist, people worshiping the image that the Antichrist sets up, we can't, you can't help but think about Daniel. Okay? And, of course, this verse is in 3, 3rd chapter, 8 through 12. Of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are presented with this huge image. Right? and the head of gold, which, of course, represented Babylon. But they didn't bend their knee. And, of course, if you think about modern worship, the way we think about it, you think, well, why didn't they just kneel down and worship the true God? They could have raised their hand. They could have sang songs to the real God. Why, why was bending the knee akin to worship? Why, why was it kind of considered the same thing? Um, and, you know, then you think, well, is this because they worship the false god? Well, you can see that all of us as Christians have worshipped false gods. Uh, many, many people in the Old Testament uh, were clearly idol worshipers, worshipping false gods, and yet they came to worship the true God. Of course, the New Testament is littered with all the people that used to worship false gods. So the point here is that, you know, worshipping a false god has never been an unrepentable sin. But we do have to remember that the beast and the Antichrist, are so, there's something different happening here. So when we think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we also have the other situation where they were joined with Daniel, and they were not allowed to eat this meat that was sacrificed to idols. So when they ate that meat, they had to take that meat, and they had to put it inside their bodies. And they believed when they put it inside their bodies, they believed that it would defile them, Right. So this is exactly what this mark of the beast seems to be, that taking something into our body somehow defiles us in a similar way. And you can see here that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to go along with something. So when we think about worship, it is something that happens in our mind and our hearts, but there, there also has to be some actions. And so we have to realize there that in Mark 13, 22, it says, for false Christs and false prophets will rise and show signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. What is coming are false gods, false prophets, and they're going to have 
compelling stories. They may have wondrous things to deceive us, right? But those of us who are elect can't be deceived. And why? Because the Holy Spirit is inside of us and because he has hid his words in our heart that we might not sin against him. It is difficult to miss this ultimate warning that the last second of human history about not worshiping the beast and not taking whatever this mark really is. So we have to remember in Second Thessalonians um, second chapter, it talks about how this, this coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist, is going to be accompanied by the work of Satan with every kind of power, sign, and false wonder, with every wicked deception directed against who? Those who are perishing. This is a deception that's directed against a particular group of people. And who are they? They refuse the love of the truth that would have saved them. And what is that love? Well, it's the Holy Spirit, of course. It's what Jesus did on the cross. But it is your Bible. God told us this ahead of time so that we would what? Remain in him and remain in his words so that this powerful delusion that is coming, okay, is, is not something that we're going to be falling for. And so it's really important that we, we, we give this outline about deception and how there is going to be deception. Um, Revelation 19 20, I'm going to go ahead and read this. It says, when the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. Okay, so there's a two thing you can't separate, okay, taking the mark and worship are essentially the same thing. And we have to remember that there's a deception, you know, that's really going on here. So even though Bible prophecy, you know, is not doom and gloom, right? Bible prophecy is ultimately our hope. And so we need to realize that even though these things are happening, it doesn't mean that this is the mark of the beast. There, there's still some things that seem to be missing. But the point is, if 80% of adults in America took something that was so similar to what the Bible said is coming, what do you think they're going to do the next time? They've, they've kind of started this, this paradigm, if you will, where everybody is going to continue to go along these things. And so this is where you have to ask yourself some pretty hard questions. You know, are you prepared to be obedient? Jesus is telling us, you need to be obedient here. You need to not worship this beast. You, in fact, need to stand up against this beast. Any government that comes against you in a particular way. And so this is where um, here in Tampa Bay area, um, the two largest uh, pastors groups are All Pro Pastors International and Somebody Cares Tampa Bay. And so I started working with them to say, hey, listen, it's really hard to get this message out. I mean, I haven't had a lot of invites in churches. I've been on a lot of shows, but I haven't been in churches teaching this. And so what is it that we can agree on? And so we found that we can say we, we developed something called the Watchman Declaration. And if you go to watchmandeclaration.com, you can actually sign this. But all it says is it says as Christians, right, that we cannot allow a government to disenfranchise us. That means to keep us from buying and selling because of our religious beliefs or our freedom of speech. We can't allow our government to have mandatory access to our bodies. If you just read that Revelation 13th chapter, right, um, 15, 16, 17, 18, you realize that if we give up 
the ability to bind cell. If we give up access to our body, our Bible tells us that they will win. That's what's going to happen. But if we can stand and fight for our freedoms, right, and, and not remain silent and keep these freedoms, then we can pass on our faith to a new generation. But if we fail to stand up, and this is where I'm just going to say this. So I was a very young man. I know I, I, know I wasn't even 15 at this point. I want to say I was about 12 or 13. But I heard a pastor preach a sermon on how Hitler and, of course, you know, Nazi Germany really fulfilled what the Bible talked about with the beast and, of course, the, the Antichrist. And he went on for 35 minutes. He made an incredible case. But at the end of it, he just stops and he says, but it wasn't to be because a generation of people stood up against them. And you can see that is what God is calling us to do. And, of course, when we stand up to the beast, we're not just standing up to the beast. We're standing for Jesus Christ, that when we remain in him, that is the only time that we can have peace. That is the only time that we can be kingdom-minded, and that that is ultimately the kingdom that is going to come. And even though we're in this situation, we all need to be looking for how can we stand up for Christ. And sometimes that's going to put us directly at odds with what really the world is saying, and especially our government these days. So that's where I would say the gist of, gist of it is based upon. Now, if I, if I go on and show you a few more things here, people have really struggled, and I'm going to try and say this as quickly as possible, but I don't believe, you know, that um, people are necessarily going to lose their salvation because I think the ones that are saved will be the elect, and they will be able to see this. So I'm not, I don't believe that you can necessarily lose your salvation um, but the reality is, is that, that I'm going to say it kind of like a passage in the Bible. It says that every man must work out his salvation with fear and trembling. And so there are some people that really don't believe you seem to have to work anything out. And that passage seems to say that we all will have a part in our struggle with our relationship with Christ where, you know, sometimes I didn't know I, I was filled with doubt. But this is a different scenario now. Once we get in a relationship with God and we get to know him and we work out our relationship with God, at some point you will know that you're saved because you've worked out your relationship with him. It's really learning about the character of God. But the point here is that this is something that if somebody takes this, and we talked about how it's going to change their mind, right? And, and what, is, what is salvation based on? And this is where we ask ourselves, what is it, if God never changes, what is it that happens at the end times that's different, right? God's not going to change, so he's not going to come up with some arbitrary line in some, something named the mark of the beast and suddenly go, well, you put mark of the beast on your forehead, therefore you're not saved. People even think, oh, this is a chip, this is a tattoo. Well, I'm going to tell you that it's not necessarily visible at all. Of course, patentable genetic markers aren't visible at all. And so you start to realize here, if God doesn't change, if, if God's identity doesn't change, if Jesus can never change who he is, if we can never change what Jesus did on the cross for us, the question is, can we change our identity? Can we change our minds, right? And ultimately, 
that when we talk about changing our mind, we're talking about changing our nature. And what is the part of our nature that is essential to, to really becoming saved? And so the first time that the, the gospel was ever preached was in uh, Acts 2.38, and they were told the gospel, and then they asked Peter, men and brethren, what should we do? And the first word out of his mouth was repent. The, the, this is what's beautiful about some of God's image that's still left in people, that when we hear the gospel and we hear about God's love and we hear about something higher and, and mightier and stronger and greater than we have ever heard in our lives, and we think to ourselves, that's what I want. And, and when we do that, we know that we aren't any of those things. We, we know that we're going to die. We know that we are not God, and we heard about this amazing God, and we have this response. And the first response is exactly what the, the guy next to him on the cross. He defended Jesus. He admitted that he deserved what he was getting. But he saw that Jesus did not. And he cried out to Jesus for help. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. When we repent, we are, we're admitting that we are sinners. We are the ones who are then calling for a change. We want to cry out. We want to take the rope that God has thrown the drowning man. And so this is, repentance is, can be part of our, our nature. But if something about our nature changed, where we were no longer able to repent, no longer able to um, acknowledge that there is sin, and then the, the idea of that, we're going to see that ultimately our identity is tied to our DNA. And so the, the perfect example of that is if, if there's a man and he raises this child and, you know, he thinks it's his, but one day that comes into question. And, of course, the authorities come, they do a DNA test, and they say to him, well, I'm sorry, Mr. So-and-so, he's not your son because he doesn't have common alleles with you. And so you start to realize that part of this identity we have in Christ is the fact that God is our father, that he is our creator. God literally, more than even your Bible, wrote your DNA. He didn't write it through a translator. He didn't write it through a prophet. He literally took his hand and wrote your DNA. And when you change your DNA, and this is what people don't understand, they ever have the ability to put quail DNA in chickens. And when they put the quail DNA in the chickens, the chickens move their heads like quail. They sounded like quail. And so you start to realize we're in the midst of a genetic revolution. And the fact that these are patentable genetic markers going throughout our body, we have now found out through one of the studies that ultimately these vaccines could end up changing our DNA because RNA can write backwards through DNA. So you start to realize here that there is a cosmic chess match going on between God and Satan and that God never changes. He's always going to win because he has a checkmate, and his checkmate's name is Jesus Christ. What's going to happen in the end time is not an arbitrary line. It is Satan using technologies in order to, to break a law that's already been written in heaven. And that is exactly what Jesus prayed. He said for us to pray, our Father 
who art in heaven. If if Jesus, you know, was referring to the fact that God is our Father, if if we because of our identity and because of His identity, which means if if technology could change our identity, then we could start to make an argument that this no longer applies. Let me let me give you another example of that. If I say um, that you know, changing my, my DNA is what we're really talking about here. You look back and is this, this idea in the Bible? Well, that's when you go to Genesis, the sixth chapter. And the sixth chapter has these, this very strange story about how women were taken, and they were taken by what we call fallen angel. They were the B'nai Elohim, sons of God. But how do we know whether, that just means that they were angels. How do we know whether they were fallen ones? Because later we found out that they were disciplined, and Peter tells us that they were disciplined for what they did and actually put in prison called an abyss. So there was a pretty big punishment for what they did in the days of Noah. So that's how we know that what they did was wrong. And what happened was is that they took these human women, and when they came back, they didn't marry them. They didn't have a ceremony. They didn't pay any dowries, anything like that, and they didn't keep them. Okay? They took them, and when they came back, they were pregnant, and when they became pregnant, they also eventually delivered those children. And then those children were bigger, better, stronger in every way. Uh, we even know some descriptions of them, not only were they giants, but like uh, Goliath's brothers had six fingers and six, six toes. So we start to see all of these differences of what they called the Nephilim were so significant that they had to have had different DNA. So how does a woman get taken and then come back with a child that has different or hybrid human DNA? And so this is a, a big question, you know, that we, we have to answer. Well, we don't totally understand all this. I can tell you that this narrative is still in the world today. And we actually have multiple sources where women are saying they're being taken by aliens. And then, again, seeing this situation where they're saying they come back, they're pregnant, and then they're abducted again. So we're starting to see this idea that, you know, human hybrids is exactly what, what a religion that's come into the world is all about. So when, what I mean by that is this is called transhumanism, and it's a technology that most people are unaware of. This technology was really brought to my attention back in about 2004, uh, Francis Fukuyama wrote an article called The World's Most Dangerous Idea. Now, remember, he is not a Christian, but he recognized that if we change our DNA, you'll change the very nature of humanity. And that's what we need to understand. You would literally change the mind. Okay, so when we change the words of a book, okay, we start to change the meaning of the book. But when you change your DNA, it actually changes reality virtually instantaneously. That's how we know it's the word of God. If God said or did anything different, if he said something different, then all of reality would change. And so we realize that's why God never changes. So once you understand that this, this, this second forbidden fruit okay, um, is going to be offered in the world, you, you look at this new religion and this new technology you know, if, if Satan could have come up with this plan before, he would have. And so you have to come to the conclusion the only way that he's able to come up with this is because 
technology. And, you know, even in your own Christian life right now, um, now there's some great things about technology that actually help my relationship with God. Um, but there's also some things about technology that are really interfering and, and hurting my relationship with God. So once you understand that this technology is the most likely explanation for why something changes with respect to Satan's plan against God and his children, and why all of a sudden Satan is able to cause or offer humanity another forbidden fruit. And especially if this fruit is genetic, because then all of a sudden that means this is a reminiscent of what happened in the days of Noah. So you start to see here the second forbidden fruit, what happened the first time? Well, number one, we were told to obey. So there's an obedience factor that's coming here. We're told not to worship the beast. We're told not to give them access to our bodies. So the first time, same thing. They were told the same thing. Don't do this, right? But then they took that fruit into their bodies. That's exactly what this says. If you take this into your body, there's something that's going to happen as a result of that. And so we see this cause and effect, right, from this, this, this thing that he opens our eyes. And so the reality is, is that we need to focus on being obedient because when we're obedient, we're not going to miss this. And so we have to remember that while these things, these lipid nanoparticles are crossing our blood-brain barrier, right, we need to remember that God is still in control and that there's going to be a lot of changes that are going to have to be made before somebody starts to destroy the image of God. What do I mean by that? The stated goal of transhumanism is to basically, through technology, make mankind into a new image. Now, if we are created in the image of God, then that makes sense, that this would be exactly what Satan would want to do. And so that's why I would say we need to focus on these new technologies that are coming in and offering humanity new choices that they have never had. And if they can change our identity, change our mind and heart, right, begin to change our, our DNA, you can start to see that this new forbidden fruit to us could be, as Jesus said, the return of the days of Noah. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall be the coming of the Son of Man. Meaning that when he comes back, there's going to be something similar to the days of Noah. And so that's the other point that I'm bringing up. The fact that these are genetic codes brings back the idea that somehow we're talking about the reappearance of the days of Noah. Now, let's go back to the, to the six things here. So here's what we have so far. We have a cause coming in the world. This cause, you know, we need access to your body. That's number two. Number three is if you don't give us this access, you don't get to buy and sell. Patentable genetic markers were placed through our bodies, and that includes our hands. But when we gave them our right hand because we trusted our governments and our, and our doctors and, and, and Pfizer and Moderna more than we trusted God and his natural immunity. We also allowed something to cross the blood-brain barrier, putting patentable genetic markers in our forehead. The next one I want to bring up is the fact that something with the name of Lucifer was most likely in these vaccines. Now, the only one that's disclosed this is really been Moderna, okay? Now, luciferase is what I'm talking about. 
They named it Luciferous because it has an ability to glow in the presence of certain light. It's actually made from, from some of the, the fluorescence in fireflies. And that, that ingredient, Luciferase, is something that's found in what's called SM102. SM102. And again, if you, if you go and look at this Moderna and you look at the definition of SM102, it's an ionizable amino acid that's been used in combinations. And again, this is part of the lipid nanoparticle um, processes. So all of the vaccines needed these lipid nanoparticles to be able to get inside cells across the blood-brain barrier. And this is exactly what SM102 says. It says the administration of luciferase mRNA in SM102 contains LPNs, which are lipid nanoparticles, induces a hepatic luciferase reaction on expression in mice. So what we're saying here is that mRNA in this particular form is actually has luciferase. And when it was basically fluoresced in mice, it actually, you know, glowed, if you will. So here we have a situation where now people took something. Why did people take something in their body with, with the name of Lucifer on them? Well, it's because we broke what's called the Nuremberg Code. The Nuremberg Code is an international health code that started back because of what the Nazis did to people in concentration camps. And there's two of the things that are happening right now. Number one is you cannot have forced medical treatments. Well, of course, that's happening around the world. Number two, you have to disclose your, your ingredients. And so this is something that we know is deception. When you're pressuring people to take something, but then you don't actually disclose what's in it, and that's a fact. They did not disclose. In fact, they were able to because of the patents. This is my finger-looking-good special formula, right? Um, they didn't have to disclose their stuff, and so this even held up. On the, uh, on the courts, even at the Supreme Court level. So that's why we're in a situation where we all took something into our bodies and we don't know every single bit of what was in there. There's no independent labs that were given to you know, look at what this was. So there's no way that this doesn't qualify as a deception that, that, that again, they used a cause to justify their, their needing access to our bodies. So this alone, would be why I would have said no to this right out of the box because there's no way they're not even disclosing what, that, that what those ingredients are. So once you understand that we were taking something that wasn't disclosed and then you do a little research, you found out it has luciferase in it, that's troubling. But here's the other part. And this is where the last part, the sixth part, uh, has something to do with the 666. And the 666 patent was actually came out in, in, in 2020, um, and this actually, the, the, the patent number is 060606. It was specifically requested by Microsoft under the license and presidency of Gate, Bill Gates, and it gained international status on April 22, 2020. Now, the problem with the, the 666 patent here is that it is extremely vague. And the other good news is that there are parts of it that do not appear to be happening. And so this means, you know, they're telling us where they're going. Now, I have, I've struggled my whole life thinking, what in the world could a 666 have to do with what's coming? How in the world? They would never think to just put, a, put that number on something, right? I mean, that would be too obvious. They would be just giving it away. 
And yet, that's exactly what happened. They disguised it a little bit, put 060606, but trust me, this made international news. The problem is it didn't make international pulpit news. Every Christian around the world should have been notified that something was patented in the world, and this patent specifically has something to do with being able to buy and sell, something that a government would be using to control us completely. So here is what this patent says. It says the device or sensor in the human body can receive instructions and monitor the activity associated with the task to a user, which is the wearer, by the server. Now, what this means is that there's two, there's basically two things in this patent. There are users and there are servers. The server is a large computer. It's going to be an artificial intelligence. Why do we know that? Because this server knows everything about everybody. This server also knows everything that everybody is supposed to do on any given day at any given moment. Now, that is a lot of information. And then this server communicates to this, you know, body and controlling, if you will, because it has data points. And these data points um, verify what we're doing. The only way that it could really decide whether we get social rewards, so it knows who we are, it knows what we're supposed to do, it has some way of collecting enough data to verify where we went, what we did, what we said, to the point of deciding, oh, you did what you were supposed to do today, and actually then credits you with a cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency is like money. Okay? It's also just like the social reward system that we see happening here in China. So while we see this you know, situation happening in the world, okay, we have a cause that comes in the world. They needed access to our bodies. We don't give them access. We don't get to buy and sell. Patented genetic markers were placed in our hands, placed in our forehead, right? which represents our minds, and then the name of Luke Lucifer was likely applied to all our vaccines, but for sure to Moderna, and then we see this 666 patent happening, and we realize all of a sudden that this part is, this is what's happening in the world. This is how close we really are to seeing this. The last part, we talked about how the fact that these are genetic markers brings back the genetic narratives of the Bible. You could argue, and in my book, I go in a lot of detail about how you could look at there's genetic narratives in the Bible and actually say that there was a genetic war or DNA war in the Bible. So our DNA is very important because God wrote it. It's the thing that determines our nature. It's the thing that determines our identity. If somebody rewrote your DNA, then we could see that you can make an argument that they are your creator. Now, this is where I'm going to say this again. But again, Tal Zaks, who is the chief science officer from Moderna, said that if you took this vaccine, you are no longer a creation of God anymore and that you could be the subject of a patent. Now, that's really important because a patent is a way of saying that we own you, right? You patent somebody, you could have to pay them a royalty just to be able to live. And so you start to see here when patents of ownership are being talked about, this is also why Jesus said we should pray our father if we can't pray to jesus as if he is our father then you really have to wonder whether jesus and what he did on the cross actually applies to us and this is really important that our identity is tied up in our dna our nature is tied up in our dna 
If you just look at the super soldier program, they are trying to make soldiers that can kill relentlessly and without remorse. You look at the description and you think that these people would be clearly trying to design the average description of a demon. And how will they accomplish turning a human being into a super soldier? They will do it by changing their DNA. Because when you change their DNA, you will begin to change the nature of that human being. And so then the question becomes, well, how much can they change us? And this is where you have to remember that, that we don't know. This is something only the court of heaven. But here's an illustration. If I buy a Ford or Toyota and I, I go home with this Ford or Toyota, I can paint it. I can put different wheels on it, right, tires. I can put different interiors. I can do all kinds of modifications to that vehicle. And none of them will change the fact that it's a Ford, right? Um, only the manufacturer would say, hey, listen, you've changed this so much that this is not a Ford anymore. But I think the more applicable thing is this. When you drive that car off the lot, you have a warranty with Ford and, and Toyota. And so they will say that you can change some things, but if you put a turbocharger, a supercharger, or nitrous on your car, it voids your warranty. And so you ask yourself, well, who is our warranty in this world? It's Jesus Christ. If we're not related to him, if we're not in a relationship with him, if we're not in Christ, that's where we can have peace, and that's where we also have the freedom of knowing that God absolutely is in control. So if you think about as you go through this, you know, we have shown you seven major things that are happening right now, okay, that are extremely prophetic. And so what does this mean? Does it mean this is the mark of the beast? Well, I believe if this generation rose up, you know, and stopped this, then it would be a no. But if we, if we sit down and be quiet and we, if we go along with this, then that, is, that means it will be the end times. That means that we will be looking at Jesus coming back. But I also believe that because Jesus told us to stand up, it means that because standing up will make a difference. It's going to make a difference for a lot of people. When we stand up for Christ, we are giving the world a witness that we follow him. And that's the most important part to our life in Christ. We don't have to say that this is or it isn't. We just have to say, here is what's happening in the world. Here is what your Bible says about that. And that is the only case I'm making here today. I'm just here to inform you, this is what your Bible says. This is what's happening. You get to decide. Your friends, your family get to decide. And this is where, for me, I've made my, my stand here. I think this is so close that there's no way I would consider uh, putting that inside my body, even though I don't think it is the mark of the beast, right? I still believe that there's some things missing. And so in that sense, we still have more time. The last thing I want to say, and I'll be able to take some questions, Barbara, is, you know, we cannot let the church divide over this. That we have, you know, you, you think about when Jesus prayed, he prayed for him, he prayed for us. He prayed that we would be one as, as he and his father are one. Um, once you understand that, we cannot let this divide us. Only through Christ, only remaining in him, 
he is the thing that brings us together. It is love that brings us together, and we cannot let the vaxxed and the unvaxxed divide us, right? Because this isn't the mark of the beast as near as we can tell. And so once you understand that, now is the time where we come together and we realize, yes, our Bible is happening, and we need to stand up to what's happening. Does that make sense? Barbara, you said you had some questions for me? Yeah, I wanted to um, share this question that someone wanted to ask. Number one, uh, what's the point of preparing daily uh, for Jesus' return? And wait, I got to go back and look at it again. And if uh, we prepare daily for his return, Whenever they start the mark of the beast, will we be ready? Will we will we have to go through that? The next one is this, and, and, and then I'm going to let you answer. Uh, you mentioned something earlier about uh, where we could all come together and kick against this with the government. They want you to give that information out again. I'm going to turn the yes, floor back okay. to you. So I'm going to take the last one first, but this is called the watchmandeclaration.com. And this is something that while, again, I haven't been able to get into a lot of places and talk about this as far as churches, like I said, I have been on a lot of shows. And, you know, we've certainly sold quite a few books, but I haven't really been invited to be in churches. And that's actually abnormal. Um, normally, I'm, I am going to different churches and being invited to speak you know, and do Bible prophecy conferences. Um, that being said, um, I have been able to get people to agree on the watchmandeclaration.com, and it's a very simple statement of faith. It's kind of a declaration. It's just saying that we would never let our government disenfranchise me, keep me from buying and selling because of my religious beliefs or my freedom of speech. And let's just, you, everybody in America knows the people are losing their jobs and being disenfranchised because of what they believe and their religious beliefs and because of what, you know, their, their freedom of speech. And then we also know that so many people were lost their jobs because they refused to take a vaccine that wasn't even a vaccine. And it, and it didn't work in any shape or form. It was a complete lie, and, and that's something that even Walensky admits now that she knew it didn't work. Um, why is she still in office? Why isn't she, you know, being prosecuted for, you know, putting out a lie to the American people? But she admits she knew it wasn't working. We all knew it wasn't working. And uh, so this is why, you know, giving up access to our bodies is a big thing. And, and this is what you were tapping into, Barbara, when you were getting the whole show started. That, and that was, I think that was the Holy Spirit, that this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It, it makes sense that if the only unforgivable sin is blaspheming the Holy Spirit, is it possible that you're blaspheming the Holy Spirit by defiling the Holy Spirit's temple? You see what I'm saying? Can a holy God inhabit an unholy temple, if you think about it that way? And so you start to think about taking something in your body that defiles it, and that starts to make a little more sense. In the same way that we took the first forbidden fruit, we took it into our bodies, and something happened, right? It had to be the fruit of the tree of knowledge and good and evil. The other fruit was different. That fruit was okay. 
that fruit led to health and life and love and all those things. But the other fruit didn't. It did something to us. It changed reality, right? And this is the same thing that, that seems to be happening with the mark of the beast. Um, the second thing, I feel like, you know, the first question, you might want to read it to me again, but I felt like that they were asking uh, a little bit more maybe about the rapture. Did you get some of that out of that as well, Barbara, or no? Yeah. Like, yeah. are we going to be there? So here's yeah. what I'm going to say. Um, I've studied this a lot. Whenever I teach about the rapture, um, I, I teach all four major perspectives. And I can make a case for all of them. Some of them are weaker from my perspective, right? So I mostly don't, don't, I'm not trying to influence anybody anyway. But here's a couple of things I want to say. Number one, when I teach a Bible prophecy class, the first question I get asked is, if there's a rapture and I'm not going to be here, why do we even need to talk about this? Why do I need to know this? And you start to realize, no matter what theology we teach, any theology that teaches me that I don't need to read my Bible and that I don't need to listen to it has got to be wrong. If you're using the rapture idea to say that my Bible doesn't matter and that I don't need to read Bible prophecy, Revelations is the only book in the whole Bible that you are promised a blessing by all those that read it. Now, I'm not going to lie. I mean, sometimes that's a confusing statement to me because it's a difficult book, right? But I'm still saying and standing on that word because the biggest message of Revelation is that God wins, see? And that is the spirit of prophecy that I was really talking about. So the second thing is that there is going to be a rapture. The problem is I don't know when that will be, right? I can share my beliefs and opinions but if Jesus didn't know, then how can I know, right? So we need to remember there's a few things that we don't know. But we are told to seize the day, carpe diem. And so we talk about this idea of, you know, maintaining the fight. We've always had the same fight, folks. It's standing for Christ. It's, just, it's the same thing now. All that's happened is we are now at the last second of human history slightly having to update our game a little bit by adding, yes, it is in Christ that we are saved, right? But it's also about something, a new forbidden fruit that we are now called to have to say no to. And we have to remember that the Bible seems to be very clear. There's about five passages that once you take the mark of the beast, you can't be saved. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand on that. Now, there are people that say that that's not the case, my personal vote here doesn't matter. Would I say it's okay? Sure. But I don't, I'm not God. This is something that's above our pay grade. So if God makes a big deal about this, I think I would just go with it. Right? If you take the mark, you can't be saved. So once you understand that, we need to be preaching, especially as we see this situation develop. You know, I look at all the people in the world that are trying to save souls with God. And I, I have a witness as well, and I share that witness with, with lots of people. But that's not my gift. I'm not an evangelist. And, but I will tell you this, that if the message, and I will tell you this, that that 666 patent tells you exactly 
what they are going to do to us. Okay? They have a supercomputer that knows everything about us, knows everything that they're, we're supposed to do in a day. They need to put sensors in and around us. Some parts even talking about you know, being able to read our mind waves, which means we couldn't even lie to them. Um, so we're going to see that technology is going to be part of what they're putting in our body, right? And so then this, these sensors can, again, control us. Think about how omnipotent God is and omnipresent. He's everywhere. He's all-powerful. Satan isn't. Satan needs technology to actually enforce who he is and what he wants. He has no ability to know everybody on the planet, which is why he's been developing technology to do what? The exact same thing. So you start to see, if you look at the 666 patent, you know, and I, I do show, I have a series, and this is, a, we have a podcast, it's called the Supernatural Junkies. So wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple, um, all kinds of places you can sign up to get, you know, just download podcasts. The Supernatural Junkies is our podcast. We've had 100 and 20 downloads just in the last year. And um, so, but you can also go to Rumble. And Rumble is the only place you can put controversial videos, especially if they address the COVID narrative. So you can go to rumble.com, and when you go there, you can search. And when you search, you can look for videos or channels. If you go to Supernatural Junkies channel, you'll find a bunch of sermons that I put out and not only do I go through a lot of what I went through today, I give you the slides. I give you my notes. I mean, you have everything you need to prove to people that what I'm saying is, is some, it's very difficult to deny. I haven't had one person make a case that what I'm saying isn't very plausible, right? And we still hope this isn't the mark of the beast, right? That's what we're, we're hoping for. But when you think about this rapture idea, here's what I'm going to say. The rapture is going to happen. We just don't know when. And the Bible is very clear that we are supposed to occupy until he comes. That is what we need to be focused on, right? Because I don't know the other part of it. And here's the other thing. Because of the rapture, a lot of people refuse to teach their Bible. But here's what I'm going to say again. What we believe about the rapture is irrelevant to what we should be teaching and preaching from the pulpit. Why do I say that? Because somebody will be here. We have to preach to everyone. And just because you're in church doesn't mean, depending on when the rapture happens, doesn't mean that everybody in that church is going to be raptured. Some could be left behind. It is a possibility. And so because of that, we need to be preaching to everyone, those who might be taken out and those who might be left behind. We are called to reach everyone, and that's how we remain in Christ. And, and you think about that's why if you look at the entire New Testament, they, they taught that we were supposed to live as if Jesus could come back at any moment. And I think that that's just the best way to live our lives. And that's where they came up with the saying, carpe diem, seize the day. So this is the same thing. But the only difference is now I've just showed you seven major things that are happening now, right, including the 666 patent 
that is exactly what any government, any controlling power would do to us to keep us from buying and selling. And it doesn't work, folks, if it doesn't get access to your body. And that's why all the biometric technologies in the world are always paired with vaccines. All of the genetic manipulations in the world, those genetic therapies, are always paired with vaccines. And that's how we know they want to put these things inside of us that will know everything we do. Say, there's really nanorobots. You can fit, fit millions of nanorobots. In, in a syringe and put them in your body. That's the kind of technology that we have today. And we have some pictures of people around the world that have these technologies in them. That's why I say there seems to be people in the world that actually do have something in their body that fits all of these descriptions. You know, we don't even know whether it's been turned on yet. So the real reality is we have to put a word out. And this word is to obey, that we can't go along with this government. We can't give up access to our body. We can't trust and worship anybody else but, but God. We have to follow him during these difficult times. And that's a word that's always been true. Barbara, was there another part of that question I didn't get to? Uh, I think I got the answer to the rest of it uh, because if we prepare daily, listen. Right. If we, if we keep our mind on him, he's going to keep us in perfect peace. We're that's at right. The end in time. We are at the end in time. And yep. we, we can understand or not understand, but if you really have Jesus, if you have received him as your Lord and Savior, and you are following what his word says, you're praying for wisdom, you're praying for understanding and knowledge, it's our job as believers to prepare daily. We know not yes. a day, not an hour when he will return, okay? Uh when it comes down to, uh, you know, they offering uh, this mark of the beast, as they calling it, you know, they offering this. And you say, well, I'm a believer. I'm not taking that. Right. All right. If you don't take it, then there's no way your body, your DNA can be changed. But if you become right. fearful, if you become fearful and fall for this stuff, we call it the okey-doke. If you fall for the okey-doke, yeah. I can't tell you. Now, this is what I do know. If you're following Jesus closely, and not according to your flesh now, but according to his spirit that lives in you, he will warn you. He will let you know, do not take this. Don't go there. Don't do this and don't do that. I don't care what they say you won't have. Because when I told my doctor no, he wanted to tell me, well, uh, uh, there may come a time, see, there's going to come a time when you won't be able to have what you used to. Well, guess what? If it's food and you... I'm hungry, I remember what God did for Israel out in the wilderness. He fed them bread <laughs> from heaven. Huh? He fed them bread from heaven. He told Moses to go have with the rock. Amen. It. And the water flowed. Listen, this is why I'm teaching faith. This is why I teach to trust God. Because there's some things coming that will not be according to the new age, new wave move. Some of that old yep. stuff that you heard back there at church back in the day, grandmama, mama, daddy, they so old now they got it misunderstood. Let me tell you something. A lot of that stuff going to come up and then you're going to be sitting up looking crazy because you took out the new age, new wave way. You didn't stay with God. 
Yeah, he don't change. Yep. He was that way yesterday. He's that way today, and he will be that way forevermore. But are we faithful? Are we going to be that yep. way? Today? Was we that way yesterday? Are we going to be that way to stay with him forevermore? It takes a well-made-up mind. We we in the world, but we are not of the world. We got to come out from among them and be separated. He's our God That's right. and his people, but we got to obey his way. See, we're well, you know, think about this. Think but about this, Barbara. You know, when you go to church, you know, and I, and I think this is a good thing, right? When we go to church, we learn about how to be as harmless as doves. But we don't go to church very often and go, this is what the snake is doing, and we need to be even more cunning, right? Mm-hmm. And you start to realize that that's part of what's happening in the church today is that we have forgotten that we have an enemy, and we have forgotten that they are constantly seeking you know, to take us out. And so this is why we have a generation that literally you know, is in a situation where they're not prepared to say no. They're not prepared to say no to, to access to their body. How do you know that? Well, they, you just look at what happened. They're not prepared for deception. A lot of people have literally been told that there's not going to be anything different about the mark of the beast. It's just going to be a label that they put on you like a, you know, and again, if you think about a chip or a tattoo, if, if I had a chip in me, I'd rip it out. If I had a tattoo, I could burn it off. Okay. This is something that's unrepentable. Yes. And you, you know, know what? what? You see how we... One more thing. I had to cut you right here, Dr. Cross. Listen. I had this man to say, have you ever asked Siri, is there any more humans on any other planet? He said he asked Siri and he asked Alexis. Listen to this. And he said that both come back and said on the planet Mars there are human beings and they are being held by uh, what we, I guess we would call Martians. It's another name, but yeah. I guess we would call them Martians. Now look, all of the tattoos, all of the piercings, my nephew came and he had something about Medusa. Mm-hmm. I told him black women are considered with dreadlocks to be Medusa's daughters. I told him, listen, according to the Bible, you're Medusa's children because you're considered to have snakes coming out of your head. But people pay no attention. They follow what the world is doing and go to church. That's what, listen, you belong to God. You are are a peculiar person. You you, you separate from the world. You don't dress like the world. You don't really look like the world. You look totally different. Yeah, your your dress code, you're not showing no parts, women, of your body and men. Because you're mm. not after pulling nothing from the world into your world. Because you have a God the world that you're living in. But people don't understand, and they think because God don't strike them down, whatever they do is okay. Ah, but he doesn't yeah. say it in his word. He said what he meant, and he meant what he said according to his word. So today... September the 1st, 2022, we got to get with the true and living God and stay with him and walk according to his word. It don't make you perfect. Apostle Paul said he was going to show me a mystery that we all would be changed in the twinkling of an eye, but we got to be headed right. focused unto God. 
but now they teaching well, everybody going to heaven. Everybody, anybody who say they saved, whether they received and repented or not, they're saved. The devil is a lie, and he will make a liar out of us. He's a fool, and he will make a fool out of us, but we got to let him. We got to stay that's focused. Right. Yeah. If you don't stay focused today, because this thing that we're going through now, oh, this like a little tad in the bucket. It gets worse. Yep. Well, I'll tell you one more thing. Let me say this about what's coming. You know, if you look at the COVID narrative, there is not one part of it that was true, provably false in virtually everything. Now, it was real in the sense that people, a lot of people died. But when you compared those deaths to like the flu in children, COVID was not statistically different than the flu in children. And in in adults, um, 750,000 more people died in 2017 of pneumonia than they did of the COVID in 2020. So you need to remember that all the people around the world, like, for example, the best way to say it to an American, if you don't think somebody lied to you, who in the world thinks that America is not number one with respect to health care issues? We're so number one. There's no one anywhere close. So if we're number one and nobody's close, why did we score, okay, almost 30th in the world when it came to COVID? 30th. We, we scored like a third world country. That's how bad we did on this. When you consider that the Amish people, did they trust vaccines? No, they didn't. Okay, and you look at what happened to them versus America, the proof is in the pudding. We yes, did sir. everything you told us to do, and mm-hmm. we were 30th in the world. And mm-hmm. the people that did the best in the world didn't do anything that you told them to do. Mm-hmm. We have a lady that admits she was pushing this, and she didn't even – she knew it wasn't working. You know, and listen to this. We all know that God is doing something in Israel, but guess what? Israel was one of the most vaccinated countries in the world. And guess who wasn't? The Palestinians. And the Palestinians did so much better, okay, than the Israelites, right? You, you, it's very simple. The proof is in the pudding from the shutdowns to the vaccines. To, to, if you look at 2020, in 2020, we spent $15.1 trillion to, to save people from COVID. And then we found out that 94% of all the people that died of COVID had one, at least one comorbidity. And then about a year later, they finally admit that 75% of the people that died of COVID had four or more underlying conditions, Mm -hmm. right? These people were sick. That's the people that died. Now, you look at that $15.1 trillion. For 1.8% of that money, we could have fixed world hunger, malaria, and every waterborne illness just by providing clean water to every person on the planet, and we would have saved 36 times as many people. And almost all of those people are poor, and almost all of them are children, mm-hmm. right? If we would have had a television set, do you think we would have world hunger right now and malaria and, and, and people dying of waterborne children? If they showed children dying from these things on our television 24-7 the way they did with COVID, Do you think we would have these problems in the world? We are being manipulated 
For 1.8%, we could have saved all those lives. This isn't about lives. This is no. about fear and manipulation mm-hmm. and control. Mm-hmm. And, and if we're yes. Christians, we have to stand up and, and put some faces to all those children that are dying. You see what I'm saying? This is why mm-hmm. we have all, you know, what is true religion, you know, <laughs> an undefiled before God and the Father, to, to visit the widows and the fatherless in their affliction. Yes, We've got, yes, this is yes. what's happening around the world, and America mm-hmm. could fix this for pocket change, mm. right? And yet mm-hmm. we don't do it. No. See, America could be this great light. You know, instead, what we did is cover you know, a, a, something that wasn't statistically different than pneumonia three years earlier, right? Mm-hmm. So you start to realize we're being played. We're being lied to. Let me give yeah. you one more quote. This is, uh, was put out by HuffPost. And this is Ray Kurzweil. He's talking about transhumanism. He's talking about how to modify human beings. He says in the 2020s, nanorobots in our brains will make us what? Godlike. What was the original temptation in the Garden of Eden? If you take this fruit, you will be what? Godlike. That's right. This, this stuff, this technology that they have is designed to fulfill Satan's promise to humanity to make us more godlike. And that's why people will be lining up to take it in some ways. But this one here, you can start to see we're not exactly there. But these nanorobots can easily be put in our bodies, and they are self-assembling. All they have to do is add the ingredients. They could get them in your bodies. And then all they have to do is add the ingredients, which means they, they put it in the food you eat. You see what I'm saying? So we're starting to deal with a level of technology that is difficult to fathom for almost all of us. But once you understand that these nanorobots, where are they going to make us godly? They need to be in our brains. He just said it. He just said what I just said. Okay? And I took a long time to explain it. But now we know that this is an evil temptation to put something in our body. Why? Because it's going to make us godlike. Let me tell you one more thing. So this is another video that I'll be posting in the fourth sermon. And again, remember you can find these on, on uh, Supernatural Junkies channel of Rumble. Okay? And also we talk about on our podcast, the Supernatural Junkies. But in this video, there's a bill, it's called the Bill Gates Sounding Man. It's not Bill Gates. But he's giving a briefing to the CIA or FBI. And in there, he says something profound. He says that they have found a part of our DNA. It's called the VMAT2 gene. And this VMAT2 gene is associated with what he calls religious zealots. Right? So you take this idea of religious zealots, and what does the man end up saying? He says that we can give these religious zealots a vaccine and fix them. Now, how does a vaccine change our DNA? It's not a vaccine. A vaccine is a dead virus, right, a dead bacteria that's been disabled. It's attenuated, they call it. If you put this in our body and our body gets a chance to recognize it, it can build antibodies, right? That in and of itself is not necessarily sinful, right? But this is not a vaccine. This is them putting genetic material in your body to change your DNA 
and this DNA gets changed, your VMAT2 genes, and it interferes with your ability to what? Talk to God. So here's another point I make in the book, if you have a few minutes. If you go to Revelations 18.23, the Bible tells us who we are fighting in the world. Okay? It tells you that it's called Mystery Babylon. And Mystery Babylon is the group of people in the world that are trying to bring about a one-world government, which is the beast that eventually comes. And in the 23rd verse, it tells you exactly who Mystery Babylon is. It tells you that they are the wealthy international businessmen or merchants. Mm -hmm. And it tells you that they're the important people. That means your politicians and your famous people. And then it tells you what they are trying to accomplish. They are trying to make the light inside of us go out forever. Mm. And that's a direct Old Testament reference to our mm-hmm. relationship with God. But never in the Old Testament does it say forever. We know God divorced parts or generations of Israel, but then would revive that relationship with other generations, right? This time it uses the word forever. And then it says it wants to make the voice of the bride and the bridegroom inside of you to never be heard again. Now that's a direct relationship with, our, with Christ. Because, of course, Christ is what? He is the groom, and we are his bride. He wants to make our relationship with God and Jesus become what? Gone forever. And then it tells you, it says, well, how are they going to do this? They're going to do it through deception. And where does this deception lead? It leads, and I said this 12 years ago, it leads to your pharmacy. Because that's the best word for a translation of what's there. That is where we get the word pharmakeia, is from your pharmacy. You see? And once you understand that pharmakeia was the whole thing, it means when when I talk about the whole thing, I'm talking about the sin of witchcraft, okay? But when you break down the sin of witchcraft, you're talking about the, the shaman, right? You're talking about the witch doctors. And how did they actually execute their craft? They did it through chemicals, drugs, mind altering drugs. To what? Lower the the shield in our foreheads, to lower that veil, to open our third eye so that people can start to do what? They start to have remote viewing, out-of-body experiences, right? They start to go on trips, right? Of course, they're good at first. And so this is what I'm trying to say. Our, Our Bible told us. So here the question is now, Barbara, is there a group of international merchants? Well, first of all, Ray Kurzweil is one of them. Is there a group of international merchants? that wants to do this to us. Well, who is it that that patented the 666 patent? Bill Gates. Who is he? He's an international merchant. Is there a group of international merchants in the world that have told us that they are going to use this against us? Well, of course, the most famous in the world is, of course, Klaus Schwab. He's the head chief chairman of who? The World Economic Forum. What has the World Economic Forum told us? They said, and this is in eight years from now, in 2030, they said that he said that you will own nothing and you'll be happy about it, which means that they have what? They have stolen everything we have. They are the ones who decide whether you buy and sell. And then they have done some kind of mind-washing on us to, think, to make us think that we should be happy about this. And you start to realize this is exactly what our Bible told us. 
If you look into the world for these wealthy international businessmen and these important people, you will find that they have absolutely told us what they're going to do to us. Okay, if you get a group of people together and they tell you that the world's population should be a half billion people in the next 30 years, well, then that tells you that they plan on killing 7 billion people in the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. You see, we have people that are absolutely very powerful, very motivated, very money-connected, and they're all connected to each other. We have a, 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 we have a complete um, media situation, right? These wealthy international merchants control everything on television. I had a guy the other day, and, you know, we were talking about, he, of course, believes that the mark of the beast has more to do with worship and less to do with what we actually take or put in our body. And he has the right to think that, and he has some reasons he thinks that. I don't quite agree with him because I'm more aware of the, how the technology that we put in our body actually accomplishes the worship. Does that make sense? So, but when I run down this to him, he goes, well, we're going to be worshiping the image of the beast. Now, let me just share with you listeners. What's an image? Well, an image is a picture. And then the Bible talks about how this image that the beast sets up comes to life and begins to talk. Is there a talking picture in your house right now that yes. is putting out the message okay, of the beast? Mm-hmm. How we should all what? form a new world order, right? Mm-hmm. Everything that they're doing is to destroy America. If you're going to see a one world government, folks, which is what the Bible says, then you have to face the reality that that can't happen unless they destroy America. And once you understand that, you start to realize everything on our television is designed to destroy America. Everything on your television is putting out the beast's propaganda. We can prove that everything you heard on television, and I mean by Republicans and I mean by Democrats, everything that they have told us over the last few years has been wrong. The only guy that I even heard was Dr. Rand Paul, one guy in all of Congress, only guy that actually challenged this deception that we went through uh, with this COVID. And so you start to realize here that these people are organized, right? And you start to realize that this World Economic Forum has the most powerful people in the world, and what they plan to do to us, they put it in writing, and it's evil. And uh, there's, they're, they're not hiding what they're trying to do at this point. So it's, it's very, very difficult to understand how the church can remain silent about what our enemy is doing. We can no longer be focused on being harmless as doves. We need to be as cunning as the snakes that are after us. And we need to be talking about what our Bible said would happen. We need to talk about what is happening. And when we do that, the Word of God is going to awaken the Holy Spirit inside of us. And we will uniquely know what God has called us to do in these times. You and I are Esther. We were born for this time. What we do right now will be told for all eternity. Everything we ever did and said in this life, we will know it. We will remember it, right? We will learn these lessons. And what we do right now when this government is coming to the world will be told for all eternity. And so we, this, now is the time for us to stop worshiping the image of the belief. We're at a point now where 
If you believe what's on your television, you're not going to be able to be much of a Christian. That's really it. And at some point, it's not going to be one or the other. Because if you believe what's on television, you went for this COVID thing like nothing. And yet at any point, you know, it's very difficult to come up with one part of it that was actually true with respect to where they took this. So this is, this is what's happening in the world. This is what we're all fighting. Uh, the beast is alive and well. He has, awoke, he has awoken. He is trying to take over. And if he ever gets control, the Bible says that we won't beat him. But if we can keep him from getting access to our body, if we can keep him from disenfranchising Christians, keeping us from buying and selling, if we can keep him from destroying our families, if we can keep him from interfering with our ability to parent our children, then we can ensure our faith for another few generations. And you know that's what God wants. God wants more children. He only comes back because if he didn't, all of his would be killed and, and, and destroyed. And so that's why he, he comes when he does. So okay. I pray for all of us. Yes. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, at nine, I usually open up at uh, 9 o'clock, but I'm going to open the studio at 9.30. So if you have something uh, you would like to say at 9.30, please feel free. I have one quick question, which is, sure. uh, it says, ask him about the med beds for healing. Don't they change DNA? I don't believe that they do. Uh, I think the med beds that I'm aware of have more to do with frequencies. Uh, we do need to realize that frequencies can be used to affect people's bodies. They can be used to affect people's minds. So mm -hmm. I, do, I don't recommend, you know, the less frequencies you get exposed to, the better. Uh, that's yeah. not my expertise, but I've definitely been exposed to some stuff. And uh, honestly, there's some research that goes back even to the mid-'80s that show that frequencies can be used as a form of mind control. So that part is where you have to be careful about, you know, subjecting your body to magnetic fields and frequencies. And, of course, the big thing is do not let these guys have access to your body. Trust in the yeah, Lord. Trust see, in the temple. Yes, because, because of this. If we'll go to the Word and just speak with the Word, I'm telling you, plain and simple, we're going to be yep. blessed. If you're dealing with frequencies, right. listen. The devil is the prince of the air. TV, radio, right. anything dealing with, even your cell phone. I use Facebook to promote the show, to, to, to be lifting up the name of Jesus so he can draw men unto him. The only way they can come, he's got to draw them. But he opened the door That's right. and let me do certain things. I was thinking the other day, well, I have over a million listens. But I don't think I have over a million listeners, if you understand. So look, yes. all of this has to do with what God set in motion for me. You're not in the world. I mean, you in the world, but you're not of the world. You get all these right. people, it's going to start a, mind, a change of your mindset. Because a lot of these people are going to come. And they're going to try to change you and show you this, that, and the other. No, they where I put you, and you're going to be safe. Say where I put mm. you, no one can touch you, and no one is doing what you're doing. I only gave this to you, so don't, don't, don't get caught up into what the world have going on and looking at numbers. Yeah, that's because right. I, you saw what I did for Abraham. 
I told him. Yeah. And the sad is he wouldn't be able to count his his relatives. And so if you do what wow. I say, and if there's numbers you want, I can bring you numbers. But many times numbers will bring headaches. I said, "Woo, that's I right." Amen. And I'm going on. Yeah, because we gotta prepare daily for his return. We don't know when he's coming back. He didn't say. Even mm-hmm. like you said earlier, even Jesus don't know the returning date. That's he right. Kept that to himself. So and he said this: "You will not come in the strong man house when the strong man is woke and watching his Amen. door." Amen. You got to catch that strong man when he sleep or gone. So we got to yep. watch as well as pray. And we got to prepare daily. Prepare. Don't don't let this world and the stuff of this world uh, uh, bog you down and get you caught up. Or oh, if I don't do this, I won't have that. The devil is a fool and a liar. I stopped working in 2006. I, look, they told me, well, if you retire now, it's going to be a penalty. You're going to lose this, that. Go on and let me lose it. Greater is he that lives within me than he that. Look, once I cut all the worldly foolishness out, I've never been so blessed. The coronavirus came down in 2020. I have never been so blessed. Why? I serve the risen Savior. Mm. I have the true and living God that have all power. It's my heart's desire to go back with him when he comes. Well, to come with him to judge the world. It's my desire to please them daily, not what the world talking about, because there's some ugly stuff out here. And I don't want to be people that look at me and see that I'm a part of the world. No, I want them to see I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. She talk crazy all the time. She always talking the same thing. She always saying God. Yeah, God, God, God. Yeah, because he's my life. My life is here. That's him. right. He's all I got, uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Krauss, and he's all I need. Yeah, he's a. That's now right. listen to me. I want to say this. This particular doctor is a chiropractic doctor. So now, if this man is in the medical field, you're not going to find this every day. You're not going to find a doctor, medical doctor of no kind, that's going to come and talk about scripture with you. Do y'all understand what I'm telling you? Yeah, only God could do that. Only God could send this kind of information. To a doctor, a real doctor. Yeah, <laughs> just want to put that with you because most doctors that come, they're not medical doctors. You know, they have PhDs, but you know, they're not prescribing, they're not touching patients. You know, they might talk a little bit or something like that. But this is a hands on physical doctor. <laughs> so if I right. think we want to take heed and I want to go in now. <clears throat> And uh, find this stuff, and I'm going to get back with uh, Dr. Ponsetti because I want to talk to him about something. He got some stuff. But see, I don't know if they let women in. I, you know, I, everywhere I go, I have to be careful because a lot of uh, people. Well, I'm, I'm actually the president. Of, I'm at, I am the president of the board for soil. And, you know, the, the main outlets we do down in Honduras, uh, we have female pastors in Honduras. Um, so okay. we, you know, the, the, the lady who started it, she was actually a single mom, a single mom from, um, uh, from the States and, and she yeah. started all those churches down there. So we, we, yeah. we believe that, uh, we don't have any problem with that now. Okay. All right. I'll get with you <laughs> and I'll get with Dr. Punt said, we'll, we'll work it out. But I think her name was Jean, if, if I'm not mistaken on what I've read a little bit of. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. 
I was just going to say, be encouraged. You know, I didn't do anything. I was, what I'm doing now versus three years ago is, you know, not what I'm doing. And God will tell you what he wants you to do. You know, I started a podcast. You know, I did all these other things. I wrote a book. These are things I've, I've never wanted to do in my life. And, uh, but when God calls you to something, and I'm telling you, he's calling you right now. You have family. You have friends. You have a part to play in his kingdom and that's why I want you to hear this. This message is for you and that you'll be encouraged and to know that you have a divine part to play in this drama that's happening right now. Amen. Amen. So, look, the studio is open. Okay, I've got you, Brother Jermaine. Give me one second. Don't go nowhere, Dr. Cross. Don't go nowhere. Hold on. Let me go to this one this morning. This one request. And when we come back, I'll open the studio up all the way. Sorry, Wesley, I'm on a call, but sorry, Wesley. I started out working on the building a long, long time ago. Turn around in a world of sin. I didn't work on the building anymore. I was lost in the heart of the wilderness. I was standing at the crossing of the road. I heard a voice speak soft and low, telling me which way to go. And he said, it's time to go back home, child. It's time to go back home. You've been wandering in the wilderness much too long. It's time to go back home. I wandered here, I wandered there. Months and years have passed. Had plenty of friends all the time. The life I lived was bad When trouble came around me All of my friends were gone But I heard the same voice speaking in my ear Telling me to go back home He said it's time to go back home, child It's time to go back home You've been wandering in the wilderness much too long It's time to go back home the voice said, I turned and took my place, working back, singing in the choir, God's amazing grace, I know Jesus, he loves me so, and this is how I know, that same voice speaking to me, telling me the way to go, he said, it's time to go back home, child, it's time to go back home.
time to go back home. All right, so I'm going to bring you in right now, Brother Jermaine. Good morning. God bless you, sir. How are you? Oh, hey, Sister Barbara. Uh, just, uh, I got in a little late, but I, I heard some of the most important parts. I got to thank you for letting me know about this show. I, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go back and listen to the entire thing, but just had to thank the brother who was speaking because he's, he said more truth in the last 20 minutes than I've heard in the last two years. And I, I sincerely mean that. I think that a lot of our churches, a lot of our peoples have, <clears throat> as far as believers, they've kind of sold out a little bit and they, they've fallen asleep and we had to wake back up. And I think messages like we just heard are enough to get us back woken because some of the things that we, we've seen out there is uh, it's just a little disturbing. I see people paying more attention to Dr. Fauci and Bill Gates than they do their own churches anymore because being asleep for two years kind of revealed where people's faith really was. And a lot of folks, they they kind of took church as a hobby, but they didn't take it literal. And I think they're paying for that right now. We're seeing, at least where I'm from, I'm seeing a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people seeing side effects from these, this so-called miracle, the so-called vaccine. They're having problems. The scary thing is a lot of people, they weren't aware that they could report those problems. So we don't know how many people have been affected by this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they keep changing the narrative on it. They first it was you won't you won't get sick at all. Then it was oh you'll just get a little sick. And then you couldn't pass it. Now you can pass it. It's, we cannot trust these people. We had to put our trust in the Lord. We truly do because if you uh, if you were to go off the track record of the government, then you you just be all over the place like a roadmap. So I also had to thank this brother for saying something that that God had placed on my heart for a long time. As far as excuse me, writing five ebooks and participating in a podcast, I've had that on my heart for the longest time, and that was my final confirmation there. So I don't want to take up too much of uh, your time. I just had to hop in. I'm on my way to work, but thank you for uh, for this show. It, it was truly a blessing. Amen. Amen, brother Jermaine. I knew you would like it. I knew you. <laughs> I said, let me grab oh, yeah. Jermaine right quick. And tell him when you get a chance to listen to today's show, because I knew you would enjoy that. And it was a blessing uh, to learn some things and to uh, really get a chance to dig into some things. And this is what I know. And and, and if I prepare, I don't have nothing to worry about if I prepare. Uh, Brother Lewis said, amen, Brother Jermaine. If I don't prepare, then I need to be scared of death. I need to be fearful. But see, when you know God and you really living according to his word, the very best that you can, then this is what happens for you. He won't withhold no good thing from you. The word even says warning come before destruction. So guess what happens? He will warn you before you're destroyed. Now, it's up to you to pay attention and obey God. That's up to you. But he's given you everything you need to stay safe, even prayer. You hear me pray for Israel, for Jerusalem and Israel. You hear me praying for our brothers and sisters overseas that have to hide. Have to hide with the gospel. Have to hide with sharing Jesus. Have to hide in praying to the true and living God through his son Jesus. Now listen. We are blessed here. And now is that time where you got the freedom to draw now to him. He'll draw now to you. 
and to get in his word and, and, and study and seek him for yourself now. Not not for the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy. Too many people want the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy. Too many people want the big luxury cars. Too many people want the corporate job, the better pay, the da-da-da-da-da-da. When God has given you what you can handle, God has given you what you can need. I mean, what you need. And now if your desire is more, he can increase you. He can give you more. He can increase your territory. But we shouldn't be focused on the things in the world, in the earth here. All of this is passing away. I'm here to tell you. Yeah. And we can focus on the things of God. Because see, I, I, I often share this. I know Louis done heard it 3,500 million times. <laughs> when I was young, I, I really wasn't into retirement for who? I'm 19 years old. I'm, I'm never going to get old like that right now. If I turn 65, I'm going to be a young 65. What? Time went by when I knew this thing I was 20. Then I want to jump on board and I, I want to look at retirement in 40 years. Now retirement is longer than 40. I didn't pay attention. God is warning us. God keeps sending us blessings to pay attention so that we can be ready when he comes, so that when we stand before him, we can hear these words, well done, my good and faithful servant. Why? You did things nobody else would do. You, you, you sent food to Africa. You sent food to Asia. You sent food in the poorest places. You let people came who others never would have done that. You you went down in the dope hole. You went down in what they call the ghetto, and you fed the hungry down there. You spread them a word. You did many things that others wouldn't do. You went to the prison to see about those who were guilty and locked up. Oh, bless his name this morning. But what we want is what the world wants. Everybody want to go to heaven, but nobody want to die to their flesh. Everybody wants Jesus and what he died, but nobody really wants him. Who really wants him and willing to not? See, because what we try to do is make it for the world. But the people of God, we understand spiritual. We understand the Holy Ghost. We understand the Holy Spirit. Y'all know about uh, 9 o'clock, the phone go crazy over here. But anyway, listen, We, if you're loving let the proof be in the pudding with you. Show God how much you love him. Show God how much you're going to sell out unto him. God, for you I live or for you I die. Now, Jesus was his son. Look what he did. When he was in that garden praying that his cup be passed from him, he ended up saying, it's not my will, but your will be done. Look what, look what God did for us. Threw Adam and Eve out the garden. It was over with in a way. But he loved man so. He loved his creation so. He found a way to redeem us back to him. Through the blood, untainted blood, hallelujah, of his son, Jesus Christ. And if ever there was a time to stand up and hold up the blood-stained banner, if ever there was a time to be the candle on the hill that can't be hid, now is that time. Yeah, I can't understand all the natural things. But I can't understand spiritual. He said even his word was so plain, even a fool or child could understand it. Yeah. I'm in this world, but I promise you I'm not of it. 
This is not my home. I'm simply passing through. This is my workstation. And Louis, one day I'm going to clock out down here for the last time and go take my rest until he called my name. And when I get up, I'm going on, you know, come on back with him, do what I have to do with him. And then still, when I get back, guess what? I yet got work to do. Because he said he was bringing down a new heaven and a new earth. There's still going to be a heaven and earth. But it's going to be new without all this foolishness that, that's going on right now. I heard Mike Murdoch say something, Brother Louis, you know, I, I have been listening to it. Because me and Mike, you know, well, I, you know, I wanted to fight. But listen, Mike taught me this. He said, listen, Barbara. He said, homosexuality can be here. Rapists can be here. Pedophiles can be here. He said, and, and America is not going to be destroyed. He said, I'm going to tell you when America will be destroyed, Barbara. When America stops recognizing God. Now, when America completely take God completely out of America, there will be no more America, Barbara. I said, okay. I can live with that, too. Yeah. He has blessed America. America has turned her back on him. I mean, the American people, they want to keep foolishness going, hate and all kind of stupidity. But again, the great is he that live within me than he that is in the world. Another thing, his word says, let the wheat and the tear grow together. In the day of harvest, he's going to separate. We ain't got to worry about all of that. You don't have to worry about your enemies. He told you to love them. You don't understand. I'm Sister Barbara, that man did me so bad. You, yeah, got to love him, get rid of him, but you got to love him. Well, you don't understand. She she was cheating on me. Hey, you can get rid of her, but you got to love her. You don't understand how my neighbors hate me. Hey, you don't have to go over there with them every day. You don't have to associate with them, stay in your lane, but guess what? You got to love them. Yeah. He said, this is how the world will know that we are of him for the love we have one for another. If you look over in 1 John 4, down around that 8th verse, I think it is all down around in there. For God is love. And if we don't have true unconditional love in our heart for people, we are out of gas. I'm telling you, you can't hate people and have the true. And li- you can't have Jesus and hating people. And you can't hold unforgiveness if you got Jesus. You let it go. Because he already nailed all of that to the cross. You just got to know it's been nailed. (laughs) And you don't have to carry his burdens. He carries his own burdens. Yeah. Now we got a cross to bear. Yeah, we do. We got to carry some stuff. Carry that cross right on up. Going to be crucified if you need to be. But guess what? You're going to rise again. Death won't be able the spiritual death won't be able to hold you back. But you got to look to the hills from which cometh your help. All of our help comes from the Lord. He made the heavens and the earth. Again, this morning, without Him, we can't do nothing. I'm breathing right now, moving my hands and all of that, and talking because of Him. And because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Listen, don't go nowhere, uh, uh, Doctor Krauss. I want to dedicate this one. Uh, to you. Wait a minute. Hold on. I'm going to dedicate this one to you this morning before we go. And God bless you, Brother Jermaine. (laughs) 
I've run out of answers, I've run out of time And I'm so confused that I'm losing my mind It's gonna take a miracle to help me this time I'm traveling a road that has not one time
radio not just for your ears, but also for your spirit. Jesus in the morning radio. And you're with Barbara. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I wanted to dedicate that one to you, uh, Dr. Krause, because of this. What you're doing, you need the protection of the Lord. And that's what he does. Yeah. He loses protecting angels. He, he loses the angels that you need. You're fighting angels to keep you safe from all hurt, harm, or danger. Because the enemy don't like what you're doing. No, 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 no. And see, he's banking on nobody believing what you're talking about. Oh, my God, have a mighty sweet way, a mighty sweet way, because he sent us. And when we come to do the will of him that sent us, he's going to protect us as long as we're willing to obey him. And when we're doing what he designed for us to do, before we entered our mother's womb, he didn't wake up one day and say, hmm, you know, I think I'll make this person. And then after he made me, he said, mm, look at him, I'm going to shape and then I'm going to call her Barbara. No, he already knew. Yeah. We do planning. That's what God does. <laughs> and I'm thinking, and he have a purpose and a plan for each of our lives. I'm grateful unto him this morning for each and every one of you. Thank you so much, Dr. Krause, for coming. I'll be in touch. And I think I can get your address, um, and I'll find your address and be in touch. Uh I thank God again for you coming today and sharing with us. And as you were speaking, it put a little fire in different things for me and caused me to look back. Yeah, see, self-inventory is really important. Self-inventory, it is. That's and right. so I thank God for that today. Thank God for that. And i got to have you back. We'll be in touch because I'd love to uh, have you back. And, uh, yes, well, sir, I, hope you, I, I, hope, I hope you get this get a chance to listen to some, some of these, some of those links to the sermons that I'm talking about. Cause you know, obviously there's a lot of places that we could go with this, but this is the, to me, it's a very scriptural thing. It's, it's something I can show people relatively quickly that their Bible is happening and that we need to stand up. So. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's most All important. Right. I promise. I promise. Because he told us going to the hedges and highways, preach the gospel and, and, and teach it as well. In some cases, you got to compel man to come in. I had to go under the bridge. I had to go under the bridge. I was in Alaska, under the bridge, and get them from under the bridge to come to Jesus. Yeah. Some of them, I had to tell them, there's a calling on your life. Yada, yada, whatever God gave me, whatever he gave me to use to get these people in the place where they needed to be. Why? He called me to go out. He chose me. Hallelujah. So I'm grateful to him. Let me do this right quick. We have just a few minutes. Good morning to you, area code 904. First three numbers, 923. God bless you this morning. And Sister Rita, 727. God bless you this morning. And Sister Senna, God bless you this morning. Sister Irene, God bless you. Sister Dorothy Goodman. And I, I don't see Sister Jerry today. I got to check on that gal. Y'all know she don't miss <laughs> Brother Louis, the main man, good morning to you, and God bless you today. Thank you so much for the information. Uh, Brother Louis pulled it up from me. Uh, Dr. Krause got the address on Lumsden, and uh, he got the, everything. So I will be hearing from you soon by mail. Uh, again, I thank God for your willingness to come before your obedience to come, and uh, God bless you and bless your family. And uh, at this time, I'm going to pray us out. 
Now we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, testify Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for another episode. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for all that has been said and done today. Thank you, Lord, for your own outside in spite of us. God, we thank you for this day. Mm, yesterday is gone and tomorrow is not promised. But Father, we're here today. Help us to continue to lift up the bloodstained banner and be that candle that sit on a hill. It can't be hid that others can find their way to you. In the name of Jesus, bless every caller and every listener, those coming through the archives and the podcast. And Father, again, bless Dr. Krause for coming this morning and his family. Lord, again, you know what he's standing in need of. Move by your spirit this day for him in the name of Jesus. Bless all your people here this morning, every caller, Father, and every listener. In the name of Jesus, we ask it all. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves the cheerful giver. So have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, September the 1st. 2022 in Jesus name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye and we're going to our last song of the morning. And after this song, I won't be coming back. God bless you.
there's a praise in the temple.